get back in my curled up hobble position of my bed. <laughs> That's okay. Actually, I was like sitting up straight earlier and I was like, ow. And so like as soon as I hunched over into like, you know, drawing position, I was like, all right, uh, I feel comfortable now. You assume the natural position. Yes. Assume the position. Basically turn into like a troll if you do comics. Just like have a hunchback and you're just like anking back. We're going to fly over polar bears and see them and look at them and be with the polar bears. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Is that why you're calling yourself Greg? That's his name. Is it? Yes. Doctor! I know. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Dude, I'm not sure I could ever love Moose and drag my ass as much as you do, okay? Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax, talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Getting past him should be simple enough now, since he seems to be letting frost giants sneak by under his nose. Bazinga. I don't care. We can talk about normality till the cows come home. What is normal? What's home? What are cows? This is my bargain, you mewling quim. Great, let's watch. Hi everyone, welcome to a new episode of Hope of All Trades. I'm your host, Hope Molinax. We're part of the Two True Freaks podcasting group, and we're awesome. So, I have another exciting show for you today. It's my second Sherlock uh, episode, and it's the Road to 221B Con in April, and it's going to be awesome! And so today I have my good friend Jackie. Jackie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jackie. Jackie Lewis. <laughs> And Jackie's awesome. She She's an artist, and uh, talk a little bit about that self. Tip yourself. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm a comic book artist. I um, got started doing comics, I don't know, in 2008 or nine or something, and I have, I work for Oni Press, which is the publishing company that did um, the Scott, did Scott Pilgrim, those books. Um, I have a book that came out in April uh, last year, 2012. Um, it's called Playball. Um, which I drew. It's written by Christina Weir and Nunzio de Philippus. It's really easy to find on Amazon or, you know, pretty much anywhere. It's, it's you know, it's a graphic novel. Um, and I'm working on another book now with Oni Press, uh, which is still in the early stages. I've, I'm in the first, like, you know, 35 or so pages or, or 40 pages right now. Um, so I can't really talk about it much aside from the fact that it's a really cool project. It's kind of like a historical adventure thing which is exactly what I wanted to do. So I'm very excited to get this, this job I'm working on now. Guys, yeah. guys, Jackie's the coolest person ever. I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. That's very sweet. I don't know about that. <laughs> no, she is. I, I love hanging out with Jackie all the time. I wish I got to see you more. Oh, I love you, Hope. You're awesome. Oh, you think that liar. All right, so uh, just to jump right into things, we're going to talk more about BBC Sherlock. That's a big thing, but if we touch on other Sherlocks, that's totally cool. So what got you into the fandom? Um, Well, I definitely, it's funny because, like, I joined Tumblr, honestly, because I wanted to follow um, Natasha Allegri, um, Matt Villa, who, who works on Adventure Time. And, like, and I remember um, our mutual friend, Aaron Gladstone, she actually was showing me um, Natzilla's Tumblr, and this was, God, I don't even know when this was, this was maybe, it was at least a couple of years ago, and I was like, you know, and I had heard about Tumblr, and I was like, 
of like, all right, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, know what it was and I didn't know how to work it. And like, I signed up for an account and, you know, I had no idea. Like I was just kind of like plodding through it all, I guess. <laughs> um, so I kind of got into Tumblr because of adventure time. And then, you know, and then I got big into the Harry Potter, fan, which I had been in the Harry Potter fandom already before, but I hadn't really done like any kind of like online fandom stuff at all. Like I just, you know, I grew up being a big time comic book nerd, um, but What's I grew up. Hmm? What's your favorite comic? Oh God, I grew up reading X-Men, Wolverine. That was my jam. So yeah, Wolverine is my husband. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of my many that. fake people husbands. <laughs> Did I you more of a Marvel fan than DC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't ever read much DC until um, kind of lately. Actually, a couple days ago, for the very first time, I read The Killing Joke, which is a, a Batman book by uh, Alan Moore. And it's it's really good, like, like super good. So, yeah. So, anyway, um, so I grew up, um, you know, being into comic book fandom, but not in in a way, not, not online. And even, like, having friends that were in comics, I didn't even really have that until that were, like, into comics until I was in a undergrad of college. So, I mean, I was almost, I was pretty much an adult by the time I even started kind of fangirling about things with other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it was always kind of, I was always was in this vacuum of, like, loving this nerdy thing that nobody understood, you know? Like, every like all my friends were super nice about it, and they didn't care, and everybody knew that I read comics, and everybody knew that I drew superheroes. And nobody ever, like, gave me a hard time about it, you know, except for a tiny bit in middle school. But yeah, so anyway, so as, as far as getting into fandom, like, I only really started experiencing that when I joined Tumblr, and I got into, you know, a little bit into Adventure Time, and then dived kind of headfirst into Harry Potter fandom with my Severus Snape ask blog. Um, you had a Severus Snape ask blog? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's still there. It's called Sincerely Severus, no mm-hmm. dashes or anything. It's, um, yeah, it, it's really fun. I haven't updated it in forever because... You know, I got really heavy into Sherlock almost immediately after that and started a, a, a John Watson-esque blog called Watson Blogs, no dashes or anything, um, which that one I haven't updated in a while, but I still want to update it. And even like I got an ask recently and I, oh my God, Hope, I looked at my follower count and in like the last two months I've gained like 700 followers on the on Watson blog. <laughs> I haven't updated it in like since before Halloween, I don't think. And so I, I need to get get on the ball and like start answering questions again, especially with like ramping up towards series three. Um, no, I mean you've been busy though because I mean you you do work a lot on your books and everything, which is awesome. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, the problem, yeah, with running the ask blogs is the fact that I'm doing pro work also, and I'm doing commissions, and I'm doing like side projects that are like like doing mini comics and like getting stuff ready for that. As well as, you know, trying to, you know, improve myself as far as, like, writing goes or as far as, you know, drawing goes just by practicing. So so I post, like, like on my Tumblr, I post tons of just, like, you know, sketches of, like, you know, fandom sketches, like, fan art sketches. And um, I'm, like, I'm looking at your Watson blog now. It's actually your original art. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how I answer it is with, like, either a little comic or a little image or whatever. So, yeah, it's my original art. These are awesome, Jackie. This is the first time I actually looked at it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. I love it. I love, love, love it. It's good. People are super nice. They send me really good questions. 
Yeah, I like the one of Sherlock deducing the zombies trying to get in and John yelling at him. I love... I love draw. I loved drawing that one. First of all, second of all, like I love drawing zombies. Have you seen my zombie portraits that I do? I have. Uh, I I wanted to get one, but it, I was really tight on money because it was just getting towards the holidays, and I was like, I have to buy family people. Yeah, that was around Halloween. Yeah, I still get requests like every once in a while for them. I, yeah, I, I did a bunch of those right around Halloween. I actually just mailed off one. Um, for, for somebody, for a client. So I'm all caught up with my commissions now, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, the zombie commissions. I think I'm going to do those at cons. Um, I think that'd be a great idea because I, I, I really did love them. Like, I, I can't even begin to tell you people how awesome Jackie's art is. I, I fangirl over her art all the time and constantly tweet her going, how do you art? <laughs> You're too sweet. You're way too sweet. But thank you. Thank you. That's really nice. Yeah, it's funny because already I've done at least two commissions where people want their babies zombified, and I'm like, <laughs> but like the one I sent off today, like like it, it it was for this person who I actually knew in undergrad. I haven't talked to her in forever, but like her husband really likes my stuff, so she got um so she got a commission from me, and she sent me pictures of like her baby, and her baby is so cute, and I was like, I have to make him into a zombie, <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah, it's fun, um. I keep getting off topic. Oh, how did I get into Sherlock fandom, though, specifically? (laughs) It was, I mean, it was Tumblr, definitely. But it was, the first time I ever knew who Benedict Cumberbatch was, was, I I think, because of Harry Potter fandom. And people were, like, casting, like, the real-life version of, like, you know, who would play Severus Snape during, like, the Marauder years or whatever. And and there were, like, pictures of this Benedict Cumberbatch guy, and I was like, hell no, that guy don't look like my Snape, you know? But then you hear his voice, and you were like, oh, my God. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was it was because of Tumblr being like, this guy should play Snape. And I think, like, um, uh, Karen Gillian was, like, being, like, fan cast as Lily Potter, or Lily Evans, <laughs> rather, Um so yeah, I didn't I didn't know who Karen Gillian was at that point either. Um at all. Um so yeah, so then so that's how I saw Benedict Cumberbatch and I was like, who is this guy? And I think like Kara, our mutual friend Kara, um I've talked about Kara a lot on my show and her tease. So they know who Kara is if they're active listeners <laughs> of my show. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um yeah, if they're probably into Sherlock fandom at all, they probably know too. Like who Kara is, because she's got such a huge following now and everything, um, which is pretty crazy. Um, But yeah, but like she, I think she started watching Sherlock, and she was like, oh no, 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 you have to watch it. And I was like, this guy? Like, this guy? Like, really? Everybody's really into this guy? Um, But yeah, then, I mean, I was hooked with, and I didn't, I was hooked as soon as I saw the first episode, and I didn't, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I was just hooked. I mean, as soon as I saw Study in Pink, I was, like, super obsessed and super into John Locke and super into all, like, all the fandom stuff. Yeah, so I don't know. Do you like it more than your supernatural babies? <sighs> don't make me choose between my children. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. I love them in, I love them both very passionately, but in different ways. Do you know what I mean? Like, are we talking yeah, about... Yeah, it's like, it's like having two fruits that you really like, but you can't choose because they're both fruits. Yes. Are we talking about the fandoms themselves? Which one do I like better? I was just talking about shows in general. Shows in general? Uh, yeah, no, I love both of them. Sherlock, I don't know, man. Like, Sherlock, 
has caused me less pain. <laughs> less emotional pain. And there's a lot of emotional pain with Sherlock. But at least, you know, I know everything's going to be okay with Supernatural. I don't know. You know, like. Yeah. Like, I'm constantly, like, so scared that, like, things won't go well. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I think my, my relationship with Supernatural is a little bit more masochistic. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. Yep. <laughs> I'm only in season two, and already I'm just like, why am I still watching this show? I'm crying every other episode. I just I wasn't feeling enough pain in real life. I just needed a little bit, you know, <laughs> in my fake, you know, with my shows. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's jump into some of the episodes. Um, oh, cool. I'm, do you want it? What would work best for you? Would you like to go episode by episode and talk about it, or just pick a couple of your favorite episodes, your favorite moments? Because I originally asked Allison what her favorite episode was, and the, we, we ended up talking, um, not being able to pick a single favorite episode, but talking about parts we liked from episodes. But sure. we, both, we both agreed yep. that Blind Banker was our least favorite. Yeah, I think that's kind of a common common thing um yeah no we can go we can go episode episode by episode if you want um i I warn you i haven't watched them in a while but i totally but i've watched them like a hundred times so i should be good yeah (laughs) and by a while i mean like the same a month and a half (laughs) (laughs) and that's sad that that's a while for us i know yeah it's it's because i've been obsessed with supernatural well we, we also haven't had sherlock we gotta keep that one in mind it's 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 yeah. it's been a while because I mean when he comes back we're gonna watch him 112 times but for right wow. now we've we've already watched the ones that we have 112 times we just haven't. Yeah. I know right? It. Yeah, I was at the point where I was like had scenes like almost memorized like it's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right, so uh, studying pink then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Studying pink. I don't know. I just again I think what drew me to loving Sherlock and what I picked up on right away was just was first of all the interpretation of Sherlock was kind of unexpected for me um just like I don't know it's something about about Benedict Cumberbatch like he has such god he's so lovable but he can be such an ass you know what I mean like oh I don't know so that was really good and really unexpected because the only Sherlock I had seen lately was you know you think of, of the classic Sherlock. Like I think of like Basil Rathbone. Like that's classic Sherlock. What I always had in my mind. And did then you, when, like, did you grow up watching Sherlock at all, or reading Sherlock Holmes? I oh, in fourth and fifth grade, I was obsessed with Sher- with the ACD stories. Um, I, I and I also loved Great Mouse Detective, and that was my exposure to Sherlock. And then I didn't read the stories until until way after getting into BBC Sherlock. And even now, like, I've only read a couple, I think, like, since then, just because I've been, you know, and I hate to say it, but I read a lot of fan fiction, and so that takes up a lot of my, like, reading time, you know? There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I know. I totally know. Oh, yeah, my getting into fan fiction is a totally different thing. But, yeah, um, yeah, so, so I need to, you know, read them. And when I do read them, like, they're so delightful. Like, I love them so much. Um, but it's just the time. I think um, that question because BBC Sherlock was my first exposure to Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's cool. Yeah, so like I I I grew up with the Great Mouse Detective, but I didn't know it was yeah. Sherlock Holmes, and I had the Wishbone like single standalone episode, 
Right, right. But past that, like, I was never fully conscious, like, hey, this is Sherlock Holmes, so I like asking that question to see if anybody else is in the same boat as me, because I'm, I'm a, still a very new Sherlockian. There is nothing wrong with that. Here, I will, I will tell you, I'm a huge comic book nerd, um, go to cons, you know, play video games, all this stuff. I don't see the problem with people getting into whatever fandoms or into whatever they're interested in, in whatever way, and enjoying it at whatever level. Just because you like BBC Sherlock, you know, and that's your exposure to it, doesn't make you any less of, like, a Sherlock fan. You don't have to have been a Sherlock fan since you were, like, five years old. You don't have to have gotten into BBC Sherlock and then read all the ACD stories right away and, you know, verse yourself on, like, you know, Arthur Conan Doyle's, like, life story to, like, be a real Sherlock fan. Like, you know, if you got into Avengers because of the Avengers movie, like, you don't have to read every comic to love the Avengers. You can have just seen the movie and love the movie and love the Avengers. That's fine. So, yeah. that's And I will maintain that forever. You know, you see so many people who, you know, are in fandom, and I, and I see it a lot with, like, comic book people, because comic book people can be very kind of protective and a little bit defensive about like what they're interested in and they're like oh well you know like you know you do get the testing your knowledge kind of thing I haven't really been subject to that but I definitely see it happen um and I just I don't understand why you would want to be that way you know what I mean with any fandom with anything like god for for the love of god like love that people are into the thing you are into the more people that are into the thing that you are into the more likely there is to be more of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I always assume by the whole idea of, well, at the end of the day, no matter how much you love it, it's still just a TV show. Yeah. And, exactly. and, and like, people just get so, like, borderline militant about it. Like, did you see that post? Um, I originally saw it from Kara's blog that someone uh, had answered that they don't ship John Locke, they only like him as friends. Yes. And they were being called a homophobe. They got slammed. I mean, did you see that? Like, yeah, which it's just, yeah, I don't understand that. Like, who cares who ships what? You know what I mean? Like, I love finding my fellow, like, John Locke and Destiel shippers, like, as long as they're positive people. You know what I mean? That's great. But, oh, my God, if people don't ship who I ship, what do I care? That doesn't make me love it any less. You know, so I, I don't understand, you know, and that's kind of like my philosophy for everything, though. That's like how I try to live my life. It's like, why would I want to impose my my views or my values on you? You know, and right now we're talking about shipping, but I mean, that applies to everything. You know, how are people going to call people homophobes for not shipping John Locke if, you know, they're like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Then they're putting their view on these people when they're trying to be open-minded about, you know, and if they're saying like the homophobe thing, then, then they're trying to be op open-minded about homosexuality, but you're doing exactly, you're being a hypocrite. You're being what homophobes are towards homosexuals. Does that make sense? The reasons I love but Jackie, they, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, you see what I'm saying? Like, 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 yeah, no, I completely see what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying this is why I love you, because I, I have the exact same thoughts. You took all the words right out of my mouth. Okay. <laughs> how, I mean, but yeah, that's just how I try to live my life, and that's how I think about things. It's like, good good God, like, if you're, if you're not hurting anybody, and I only use that even as, like, a thing, because I don't want to say, oh, you should be able to do whatever you want. You, no, you should be able to go around shooting people, because that's fun. 
You know what I mean? Like, why would you, yeah, why would you want to impose what you think on other people when they're just having a good time? I don't know. There you go. It's sort of, um, I, I learned way back in high school in government class that our Bill of Rights is our Bill of Rights, but it only applies with to us and our and with us and within our own personal being. But when they start imposing on another person, that's when the Bill of Rights start stop working. Right. That's yeah, kind of yeah. how I see this too, because it's totally okay for you to love it the way you want. You can mm-hmm. be as open and and or as close as you want about it. The level of love is there no matter what. But the moment you start throwing it and hurting somebody else, that's when it's not okay. Exactly, exactly. And that's why the people who are militant about, you know what I mean, about shipping, about, like, you have to like John Walker, you're not a real fan, like, like what the hell, what, what are you trying to accomplish, you know? Like, and I, I honestly, I'm going to just say, like, I have not experienced any of that firsthand. I've not, you know, when I do see people being, you know, jerks about it, basically, like, it's usually secondhand and it's usually a reblog because I usually, I mean, I pretty much only follow people who are like super chill people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I don't see a lot of it. Like I'm not subject to a lot of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Me and Allison said that they were kind of like the split in the fandom sort mm of. Um, It seems that the uh, older people or, or more mature people are usually more chill about it. They're more the like what you like than you have. Yeah. But it seems like the younger half of the fandom, and I, and I see this a lot um, within the Hitaya fandom, too, because oh, yeah. I'm a moderator with the Hitaya group, and just within the group itself, there's like 300 of us, the older half is just totally chill, while the younger half are just like completely insane, crazy, like avid lovers, and if you don't love what I love, then I don't like you. Yeah, yeah. And I, I kind of see a lot of that in the uh, Sherlock fandom as well. I think it's one of those things that a lot of times when you're younger, you mm-hmm. don't quite yet know how to be in a fandom yet. Yeah. So you're just like, you know, it's like giving a kid sugar. You Like, you, you give them so much sugar, and there's so much good stuff, and like, they just don't know what to do them with themselves mm-hmm. until they start kind of not controlling their actions anymore. And it's not yeah. so you get older, you go, hey, too much sugar is bad for me. Yeah. I need to chill out. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure, yeah, it's a lot to do with maturity, I'm sure, because, you know, they're, 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 and I mean, I guess I kind of, in, it, at the baseline, like, appreciate the, 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 uh, oh, I just lost my word. Um, like, I, like, I appreciate the intent that is to be like, let's be more open-minded, I guess, but you kind of have to mature and, like, realize that you can't, you know, force people, and you, you can't force people to like what you like, first of all, but also, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it has a lot to do with maturity, I think, maybe. And maybe they'll grow out of that and realize that, you know, being a big jerk about things doesn't accomplish anything. Um, I mean, I, I, I have said it before, and I will say it like a hundred times. I'm so glad that Tumblr was not around when I was 15 because oh, I've been God. that jerk. I would have been that jerky kid who was like, oh, other girls at my school wearing short skirts and da-da-da-da-da with their hair, whatever, and me with my bands and my trusty backpack. Like, I would have been that chick making those posts and being I probably a would have failed high school and then failed college. Oh, what? I probably would have failed high school and then failed college. <laughs> I did. I mean, I got in college, you know, Facebook kind of became huge when I was an undergrad. And um, so I got on that and then like live journal a little bit, but I didn't get into the fandom side of live journal. It was literally just me and my friends kind of trying to write the most like poetic and like, you know, artistic posts about like, you know, life and about 
you know, about <laughs> experiencing things, you know. So, I mean, like, there was that. So, I mean, I wasn't a jerk. I def- oh, God, I definitely turned into a jerk, though, in, in undergrad. Like, I was totally, like, music elitist, like, hardcore punk kid, you know. I but, could not imagine you as a jerk. Oh, my God, dude. Well, I mean, I wasn't. I was basically who I am right now, but, like, I was, like, when I would go to the mall, I'd be, like, and this was, like, when I was, like, 20, you know, so I'm not experiencing this when I was, like, 15. Um, I'd be, like, I hate everybody here. Everybody here is a loser, you know? Like, <laughs> everyone here sucks and is an asshole. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I definitely did that in college. But, the, but, you know, with my friends, I was, like, hey, what's up, friends? Hey. Let's hang out. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just seeing how long you'll keep on with the funny voices. <laughs> how many different voices do I go through? Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's how I got into Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that it, um, opening with John and, and seeing him oh, yeah. in, uh, was it Afghanistan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seeing him in Afghanistan, do you Afghanistan think that's a strong right. opening to kind of set up who he was for someone who had never seen Sherlock before? Like, Introducing John's character and then introducing yeah. Sherlock's character. Do you think right. it's a good jump in? Yeah, yeah, totally. I think the way that they were introduced was great because, I mean, I knew, you know, because I knew about, I know, like, about Sherlock and, and John Watson. And I knew that he was, like, you know, and kind of the art, the Robert Downey Jr. films kind of refreshed all this in my mind. Like, when they started coming out about, like, you know, the fact that Sherlock was a pretty awesome fighter and pretty rad and not just, like, a dude with a crooked nose and a pipe you know, um, and that John Watson was a military man and kind of a lady killer, you know, like not, not killer, but with capital K, but killer like ladies like that. Um, obviously. <laughs> um, so like, so that, and, and I, I actually became really interested in BBC Sherlock, not just because, um, of, of, you know, my friends being into it, but because like, I love Martin Freeman. Like I've adored him since, I mean, definitely UK office, and I've always, like, had this, like, really big crush on him, um, you know, as you do with celebrities. Um, I just like how smart, like, you know, sassy he is, and, you know, and how much, like, he loves his family. Like, I think that's great. And he's so smart, and he's so funny. Um, and he's a great actor. Um, uh, and he is really great at, oh, God, what, what director was it that said, like, he's really great at playing an ordinary person in an extraordinary way? Was that, yeah, that was, somebody said it like that. But anyway, so I was really excited about seeing Martin Freeman as, as John Watson anyway. Um, and yeah, just he, oh God, he just, he can carry a scene so well. Like he's, before, you know, Sherlock, I mean, definitely among most people, most people had seen him in comedy. And I mean, mostly that's what I had seen him in. And so seeing him do the dramatic parts of Sherlock, like, you know, it opens up with him having, like, flashbacks to, you know, Afghanistan, like, and he just plays it so well and with such, like, beautiful subtlety, you know? Um, I, th- I think that's the key, because I, I, I think that's why Martin is so good, is because mm-hmm. he's subtle compared to Benedict's kind of more over-the-top, not not too over-the-top, because he's pretty subtle at a, a good chunk of the show as well. But comparing the two characters together, it's John that's usually, you know, very still while Sherlock's the one that tends to move. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. But, yeah, between the two of them, yeah, John is the one who reigns Sherlock in, you know? 
because he's he's an eccentric, you know, and he is the one who will tell people exactly what he's thinking unless John says, like, Sherlock, you know, like, yeah, so, I mean, he's perfect at that, and he's, yeah, and just his kind of, the way he delivers his lines, like, with that kind of biting wit, which, you know, is what Sherlock loves, you know, and I know people like this in real life that are super sassy and, like, super kind of, not, not, they're very confident, you know, people who can be very intimidating. Um, and those are the people that I tend to get pretty, you know, sassy with early on and they kind of love it, you know? And that's kind of how I forge my friendship with certain people, certain people who would intimidate me otherwise, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's a perfect, you know, they're a perfect match for that. For You know, that's one of the reasons. Definitely. Do you think that modern take is working? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, I actually, that was another thing that kept me away from BBC Sherlock, is that I love the, you know, the the, the original time period of, of Sherlock, um, Victorian era. Um, and, and so when I saw that this one was like a modern adapta- adaptation, I was like, ah, you know, I don't know how well it'll work, because so much of Sherlock is like, you know, running through foggy London and like, you know, on the, you know, cobblestone streets or whatever with top hats and canes and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that kind of kept me away at first. And then watching it, so, I was, like, surprised how well they really, I mean, like, you know, utilizing texting and utilizing, like, the, the, the you know, the white text that pops up, you know, when Sherlock is deducing, um, you know, just the way that they interpret everything. It's just so well done, you know? I think I think I like that, the white text popping up when he's deducing it better than I liked in the Robert Downey Jr.'s film where they would slow it down and explain. he would explain it and sure. we would see it. I sure. actually think I like that better. Sure, you know, and I like both of them for very kind of just different reasons because, I, I don't know, there's something really brilliant about... You know, and maybe it's because of my love of superheroes and, like, you know, you think of the Flash and everything and how time moves, you know, normally for them when they're running around like crazy. Um, uh, but, like, there was something about the, the, the Richie films that with the slowing down and with, like, taking us through the steps, and it's just, I thought that was kind of cool because you're seeing how fast Sherlock's mind works, you know? Like, that he can plan this out and that he has it all set in his head. And, I mean, that's part of what makes him a genius, and that's part of what makes him an amazing fighter, you know? You don't get that with the BBC version, but you do get, like, his process, you know? And so I think they both work really well. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the minority when it comes to the Guy Ritchie, you know, slowdown effect. Like, I, I really enjoy it. Not a lot of people do. I never um, actually thought about it, like, comparing it to The Flash. That's a really good comparison. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's his mind. You know, you think of, like, you know... BBC Sherlock, like, he's, like, he's talking about his mind, you know, racing like a steam engine, which I think is actually almost direct dialogue from one of the ACD stories, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Um, yeah, where he's, where he's describing the way his mind just barrels on, and, like, it's, it's uncontrollable unless he can focus on something. Um, and, and, I mean, he's not just a genius because he's smart. I mean, he's a genius because of the quickness with which he can think. You know, when he's interviewing people, when he's um, when he's deducing things at the scene of a crime, when he's putting things together. It's not that other people wouldn't reach the same conclusions at some point. It's that he can do it so much more quickly, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that that was smart with the, with the 
Guy Ritchie films. And I think that's all. I, I, it's the only version I've seen that does anything remotely like that with, with Sherlock, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> what, is your, uh, what are some of your favorite moments in uh, Setting in Pink? Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, God, I don't know. Like, I love the stuff with Anderson. I'm not going to lie. How do you feel about Dear like, Anderson? Oh, my God. It's, it, it's just so good. Every moment. Every moment with Anderson is so good. Jeez, I, I don't know. So those, those are great. I, I I tell you what, yeah, I did not like Sally Donovan at first because I was like, oh, my God, what a jerk, you know. But she grew on me a lot. Like, I, you know, going back and rewatching them, like, she's just a woman trying to do her job. She may not be the most, you know, moral if we're talking about she and Anderson's relationship since Anderson's married, but we don't also, we also don't like know his situation, you know, like they might be an estranged couple. We don't know. Um, so anyway, but Anderson is fun to, to, to hate on because he's so ridiculous. He is kind of just a jerk when it comes down to it. on Sally is kind of how I feel about Anderson because I, I actually bet that before Sherlock came, you know, he was probably the best at his job. Yeah, you know, he went to school. He worked hard to get there, and then this asshole walks in and just is completely better than him. Yeah, totally. And I mean, and like Sherlock calls him an idiot and all this stuff, but you know, he he does say like when when like Lestrade comes to pick up Sherlock for the first time and or ask him to come to the crime scene um, to see Jennifer. Oh no, what's Jennifer's last name? To see her body, the, the lady in pink. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's like, I need an assistant, and and Lestrade is like, Anderson's there or whatever, and and Sherlock is like, Anderson won't work with me. Like, it's not, even there, he's not like, Anderson's an idiot. Like, when Anderson's not around, he's not insulting Anderson. I never thought about that hope. When Anderson's not around, he's really not insulting Anderson a lot, because, like, then he's just like, Anderson won't work with me. And then in, um... Uh, like Reichenbach Fall, he's like he says to get Anderson when they're looking at the crime scene where the children were kidnapped. He's, he doesn't say get anybody else, you know. That is true. I never thought about like that either. Anderson grows. He's like get Anderson. So he just maybe he just like likes to hate Anderson because he's such an easy target, you know, because he reacts, you know. That's I true, cause he, does, he does say that he's a show off, and that's what show offs do. So maybe he likes Anderson because of the fact that he reacts. I, I think if Anderson just completely stopped reacting, Sherlock would probably stop hit picking on him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. Seriously. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, look at Lestrade. Even when Sherlock pokes a little bit of fun at Lestrade, Lestrade's just like, ugh, what about Sherlock, you know? And Sherlock really, really likes Lestrade, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never thought of that. Now I want to go back and watch it and see if he does say things when Anderson's not around other than, than that. I don't know. My See, I don't know. I love the Anderson moments. I love. God, I don't know. The whole like restaurant scene is great because they bring up like, you know, the gay thing pretty early on. Like that it's, and I'm gonna say this right now. Like through this whole talk, I totally ship John Locke, one of my biggest OTPs. I don't think it would work in the show at all for I, for I several. I exact same way. Yeah, like I would love for it to be in the show if they had started it that way or started going in that direction um at all or made it seem possible but i am a big fan of you know either hetero or maybe if you want to get into it by john 
um, but asexual Sherlock can, in the canon of the BBC Sherlock. Like, that's what I like, and I think that's what makes sense. Um, so, yeah, but, but anyway, so, the, but the restaurant seemed like bringing up the whole, the whole, like, you know, possibility that, that there could be, you know, I don't know, just the fact that they bring up the gay thing at all and, like, make it a thing that they talk about and make it a thing that they talk about in a bunch of the episodes, and, like, at least half the episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I'm not sure like, the, uh, the Conan Doyle stories, because I've only read, uh, Studying Pink and Assign of Four. Um, does it, some, does, like, does it get suggested as much in the Conan Doyle stories that they're a couple, or is it more, um, this, that's more seclusive, or, uh, seclusive i don't even know if that's where it's seclusive <laughs> or is that more just in the uh, bbc um i i mean it's definitely not explicit if we're talking about that it, there's definitely maybe some implicit stuff but then you're also looking at like cultural culture and like maybe like how people talked back then and how people reacted back then you know what i mean yeah it, it's it was a completely different feeling back then yeah not to say, like, I don't know what Conan Doyle had in his head. I have no idea. I actually haven't looked into it that much or anything. Um, but you read excerpts, and you're like, all right, that's maybe a little bit more than friendly. We don't know, you know. And, and, and you know, Watson does make the choice to live with Sherlock a lot longer than he may have needed to. But then again, maybe that's cultural, you know. I just don't know. I don't know how people, you know kind of live back then? I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to claim to know if, uh, if I'm not completely sure. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I wasn't sure because I, I, I knew you were a bit more familiar than I was with them, so. Tiny bit, but yeah, yeah, as far as all of that goes. I mean, that's when I was reading them in fourth and fifth grade, it's not like it was something I was thinking about. You know, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, who I liked back then. <laughs> you, you weren't even thinking about penises yet. No. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jackie, this is like a really totally like no holds bar podcast. You're totally free to curse while you can talk about sex. I've said before okay. that I want to sit on Tom Hiddleston's face. Okay, so let me say right now, I have the like dirtiest mouth, which you know. Yeah, like so. Okay. Don't don't feel like you have to censor yourself at all. Okay. I, I totally should have probably told you that sooner. I so it's totally <laughs> okay. You can show there. <laughs> You don't have to listen oh, to yourself at all. Yeah, I've been reining it in a little bit just because I wasn't sure. I should have told you sooner. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I don't care. I'm pretty sure I, I said that I wanted to lick Benedict at a point. Amen. Too, so. It doesn't. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'd rather not cuss and not be messing up possibly. A, I, I, yeah, I just wasn't sure what the reason. <laughs> this is not a high class establishment. <laughs> Good. I'm. I'm. This is the establishment I want to go to then. So I was thinking, like, wow, Jackie sounds like really, I guess, professional. <laughs> I've never heard Jackie talk like this. I've done, yeah, I mean, I've done like a couple of podcasts and a couple of like interviews at this point, and for the most part, I'm pretty professional, just because it's usually not people I know. But when I did my friend Rubens, um, he has a podcast called Super Cat Gun, which is um, like mostly video games and like comic book you know, stuff, but it's really fun. But I got so, we also got kind of drunk, but I got so dirty on that one. And these are guys that I know really well. Like after, after we ended, Ruben was like, I think this is the dirtiest podcast we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) And they, they had done like 15 episodes with like, you know, yeah. So. And that was super cat gun. Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun. You should listen to it. Everybody putting should. all these down because I'm always, I, I was like hearing like references and putting in things in show notes and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's, um, 
It's a really good show. And if you don't listen to all of it, which you should listen to all of it, you should definitely listen to my episode, which is episode 15. They're on Tumblr. I think it is. I think it is just supercatgun.tumblr. So, yeah. 15. Was there any points of uh, Sitting Pink that you didn't like too much? Um, I, okay, well, here's the thing I think deserves criticism, but, but, but it's circumstantial criticism, if that makes sense. Um, the fact that I figured out in the first three minutes that it was going to be a taxi cab killer, you know, because it's all this stuff happening around taxi cabs, you know, like everybody's catching a cab, <laughs> you know, dude leaves the, the, the airport and gets into a cab. The lady whose friends took her keys away. She's like, I guess I need a cab. Um, dude in the rain, need a cab. Um, so I was like, okay, the killer is, is a cabbie, you know? Um, and I feel and like such a out. dumb kid. I never figured it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> and okay. Everyone I ever talked to was like, of course it was a cabbie. And I'm like, but I didn't figure it out. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I really like mysteries and I'm, and you know, doing comics like a, like, this kind of sounds so pretentious. Just pretend like this is not me sounding pretentious. But, like, I study story structure a lot. So, like, and this is getting off topic, but we'll get back to the cabbie thing. Like, as soon as, like, Jim from IT showed up in The Great Game, I was like, oh, that's Moriarty. There he is. You know, because Moriarty's been a character that they keep alluding to the entire season, well, the other, the other two episodes, um, and they're not going to introduce a character this late into the last episode of the season, un- you know, connected with one of the main characters, Molly, unless he's freaking Moriarty. So it was funny because I was talking to um, a friend of mine who, she was like, it, like, it blew her mind that that guy turned out to be Moriarty, and I was like, no, of course, and she was like, shut up, and I was like, it's, it's character introduction, and it's this, and it's that, so it's story structure. So anyway, so, I mean, you're not going to have three different people being killed, you know, in the first, you know, five or ten minutes of the show, all being picked up by a cab, unless it's the cabbie driver, you know, and, and I say that it's circumstantial criticism, because if you go and watch the pilot, which was, like, 30 minutes shorter, I mean, Sherlock figures it out pretty much right away. Like, there's no lag there. There's no, like, you know, trying to extend the episode and draw it out to fill 90 minutes. Yeah. You know? Uh, On that point right there, I'm sorry to pause you. Um, For people who don't know, there was an unaired pilot they originally did, and uh, it's it's actually really good, but it's kind of... It's it's good, but in a completely different way. I actually really like it a ton. How, how, what are your feels on the uh, pilot, unaired pilot, opposed to Steady in Pink? Um, I will say this: I really like it. Um, I it, it, I it's the episode I haven't watched that much of. I think I've watched it like twice. Um, I do not approve of two two one B. There's something about, you know, they are trying to, to they were trying to design it obviously to look a little bit more like. To, to look older, to look maybe a little bit more Victorian, but I, but I wasn't a fan, like all the pink and like, it felt small and crowded to me, but, but crowded in a different way than, than 221B ended out being. It just felt like the set itself was too small, which it may not have been. It may have been the same set I, that they redressed and that they rebuilt because it had that like sunken sitting area and stuff. It just felt small to me. I, I like um, some of the color choices, but I might be really biased because, like, red and pink are some of my favorite colors. It's fine, yeah. No, it's totally cool. But, I mean, yeah, it, was, it, it did feel like a lot more crowded small. and small. What? 
it did feel a lot more crowded and small. Like, I felt like when Benedict was drugged and he laid down, that he pretty much covered the entire room. <laughs> like, the whole set. I also was not a fan. Okay, I like his hair. Um, I was not a fan of the jeans. <gasps> Jackie, I, if we can't be uh, friends anymore. If you were wearing, like, V-neck t-shirts, hell yeah. But, like, it, it, like I don't know. There was something about that dark, like, blue sh- button-down shirt that was, like, tucked into the jeans. that I was like, no, sir. No, no, no. We do not tuck our shirts into our jeans. Like, <laughs> I that was me being a little bit, you know. And, and I love his hair. I'm also in the minority, though, that I, I prefer Benedict Cumberbatch with Sherlock hair. Like, I know most people prefer him Gingerbatch. But his coloring and, and his look looks too much like my brother when he's Ginger Batch. Like, I, I prefer the Sherlock hair. You would agree with my sister. She prefers him with Sherlock hair, too. I do. And I can't, it's hard for me to decide between what they ended out with and the pilot hair. I, I really like the pilot hair. But I kind of love, like, how fantastically all over the place the, the, the canon hair is, I guess. You know? See, I, I, I actually really like the jeans and the hair color and all that because it made him look younger. Because the way I I see him between Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock and then say like the Robert Downey Jr. or the Johnny Lee Miller Sherlock mm-hmm. is that they're older and they've been in the profession longer yeah. and they're already settled in. But I feel like this Sherlock is younger. He's just really getting his business going. Yeah, he hasn't he, he probably has cases under his belt, but not too many. Mm-hmm. That he he's known Lestrade for five years. Yeah. Um. So and and that's why I like seeing him look younger. And, oh yeah, and getting into this, but then in return, though, that makes John look much older. <laughs> it, you know, yeah, I guess it did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind. I mean, like his heroin addiction is a lot more recent, which I think is interesting, and maybe that's why in the pilot, like they tried to dress him like a little bit younger if we're talking about like with the jeans and, and, and button downs as opposed to what they ended out with like the dress pants and you know jackets and, and dress shoes basically um you know and maybe you could say that they they kind of went in the direction they ended up in because he's trying to clean up i don't know i don't know now i'm, now I'm thinking about things i haven't thought about before ever <laughs> i don't know I'm gonna keep going yeah i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know i think the, i think where it ended up um Sherlock and John are, are kind of closer in in age, essentially, and and all of that. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't mind John being a little bit older than Sherlock. Is is John older than Sherlock in the books? Do you know? Or are they about the same? Or I don't know offhand. I, I cannot say for sure. Someone listening to the know. show, look this up and ask me on Tumblr. Send me a message on Tumblr and let me know. <laughs> Yes, yes. I mean, we could probably, like, Google it and figure it out in, like, two seconds. But, but... I'm playing solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I'm multitasking. I'm, I could Google it. That's uh, all right. I'm, 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 I'm just going to start playing Mass Effect while we're talking. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. We are professionals. Professionals. Listen to our voices. <laughs> Is John Watson older? Like, I still older than Sherlock Holmes. Uh, nothing's coming up right away, and I don't feel like reading. So it's a mystery. <laughs> you know what I got? You know what I did kind of like better in the pilot? I liked the um that Hope uh, Jefferson Hope the cabbie 
Um, not you. I was say me. <laughs> what did I do? That that the we'll just call him cabbie. Um, that the cabbie ended up at two two one B with Sherlock, and that's kind of where their standoff happened. But I realized in the narrative that kind of doesn't make sense because John would have, you know, found them in like two seconds because he would just would have been like, I guess maybe maybe Sherlock went home, you know, like. You know, there there is that. That would be an issue, I guess. But but I, I liked that they ended up at at two two one B. It did feel kind of random in the in what they ended up with them ending out at the college. But it's fine, and it worked really well. And I'm I'm glad they took out the part that where uh, Sherlock was drugged, though, because um, I I, I really. It gave a different intensity to him having his standoff with Jefferson. Yeah, I, I like that they took that one out because I I think for the that would have been an okay plot later on in the series, but for your opening episode, I don't ever think it's a good idea to have your main character slurring and drugged for, for a good chunk of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that did end up being a big chunk of it. Um. And it, and it didn't really show Sherlock's strength, which is his mind. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Did you see? Oh, did you see the theories I just read on Tumblr? Because um, everything I read or see ever is on Tumblr. Um, that Jefferson always beat death. That 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 the cabbie always beat death. Um, because both of like both of the pills, like all of the pills, were always placebos. They were just you know not poisonous at all. But the water that he gave to his victims had the poison in it. And that's how oh. have you did you hear that? Did you see that? No, uh, that's awesome. Which whether or not that's canon doesn't really matter because we don't get an answer, but I think that is brilliant, you know? That is but, a good answer. I like that one. Right? That's why he was always so confident, you know? It's like, oh no, I'll cheat death. I'm a genius. You know, and maybe <laughs> and and that totally fits because he thinks he's a genius for figuring this out. You know, whether or not he's the one who figured that out or, or what, you know, we have no idea. Um, could have been Moriarty being like, do it this way. That's true. But, yeah, how did he, in the pilot, um, how did he get killed? How did John shoot him? Um, I think through the window on a building across the street. Like, and seeing that kind of doesn't make sense. Like, what the heck is John doing over there, you know? I, I wonder, though, if that's more a character point on John, because afterwards, you know, he didn't come right out and say, you know, I shot the guy, Sherlock had to draw it out of him. So I wonder if that's on the side of, he just met this person, they're kind of starting a friendship, and it's, you know, a bit of an awkward start if you're like, oh, by the way, I shot that guy. Huh. Well, no, 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 not even that. Like, he goes to save Sherlock, right? And I'm trying to remember back to the pilot. I mean, I know exactly what happens and, and what they ended up doing, but, like, he's looking for Sherlock. Why would he go to the building across the street instead of just going up to 221B? Like, it makes sense with what they ended up with because he's at this location. He's looking for him. He ends up in the wrong building. Yeah, but I, I, I think it's still in the same sentiment. Like, he doesn't really know Sherlock. I don't think he knows how he, Sherlock would react to him shooting a guy, even if it is to save his life, because that's that's still a bit of a rocky start. to. But, a, did, he, like but did John know that he was... That he was kidnapped? I can't remember. I think he, he saw, saw him going. He saw him get in the cab, but that doesn't mean that he knew that he was in trouble. Yeah. You know? Like I, even with, even with with, the, with what they ended up with um, with the the with episode one, like John's like he thinks he's in trouble. He just knows that he went to you know they left two two one B and that he's going somewhere and he's following like the GPS signal, but he's not you know not necessarily certain that he's you know, been kidnapped, essentially. 
you know? Yeah, I, I think the different. I, I don't remember the pilots because it's been so long, but I think the reason John acted when he did because he saw then he was in immediate danger and he hit autopilot and just acted. Oh, sure. No, that's not my question. My question is, like, in the pilot, like, why wouldn't he just go straight up to 221B? Why would he go to a building across the street? I don't know. So, I mean, so it does make sense with what they ended up with, with him going, with with, with the final standoff being somewhere other than 221B. Because it would make sense that John would make that, would not make that mistake, but wouldn't be able to find him and would end up in the wrong building. That's a good question. I don't know why he didn't just go hmm. up there and be like, hey, <laughs> hey guys. Well, thought that might be why they changed it, because it just, that, that maybe that just didn't make sense. And I, again, I have to watch it again, but yeah, I don't know. That's maybe there's a, correct yeah. us if we're wrong, everybody. <laughs> Kudos to us. We're smart hit kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hot. Super hot, you guys. Becky, tell her single. Watch out. Hope and I are coming for your book. We are all the single ladies, and we don't have rings on it. We do not. I I, I do put my ponytail holder on my finger. So, do married you, to my hair. Is that what that means? Do you hit a tonsil stand? I'm all single ladies. <laughs> so, um, my I have a question about Lestrade in this. Okay, I'm ready for it. So this was my first intro to Lestrade. Yes. And my problem with that is then, in return, is when I see stuff like the Guy Ritchie and I read him in the books, he's not as cool. He's actually, like, pretty dumb. (laughs) Yep. But in this, Greg is portrayed as someone who is, I wouldn't say more on level with Sherlock, but, you know, he's he's more capable. That's That's a good word to use. Mm-hmm. Um, he's much more capable than his book and other movie counterparts. How do you feel about this version of Lestrade? Because now when I go back and watch other things, I'm like, why is Greg not cool? You know, it doesn't bother me. And, I, again, I don't remember him from the stories that much because I probably just didn't care that much about him when I read them when I was younger. Um, I, I, don't, I do not mind at all the way that he's portrayed because, to me, it's two different, you know, grow, growing up reading comics, you're, you're faced with, different versions of characters all the time or characters that exist in like parallel dimensions all the time. And for me, it was always easy to keep them separate. Like I'm, I was not offended, you know, when something happened to a character, they acted a certain way. If that wasn't like true to their character in like the regular universe or whatever. Um, so like seeing Lestrade, the way that he's portrayed in, in the Richie films, I actually don't mind him because I mean, also because a lot of time, even in like the second one, the second um, in game of shadows, like, Lestrade is working with Sherlock the whole time. He just has to pretend like he's not um, for the facade that, that's going on. I forget all the, the like specific plot points, but but it's part of the whole plan that like he arrests Sherlock and that he does all this, you know. Um, you know, and I remember reading an interview with either Gatiss or Moffat or both um, that said that you know when they were going back through the stories, like Lestrade is portrayed either as kind of that idiot guy who who you know kind of sees Sherlock as a menace or he's sort of portrayed as kind of what Rupert Graves ended out with which is um you know definitely a capable like moral person like on the on the police force who kind of begrudgingly like needs Sherlock to help does that make sense like Mm -hmm. like he he and I don't want to say the word uses because obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a mutually beneficial situation. Um, but like he calls in Sherlock 
because he does appreciate his help and he needs him. And it's, you know, a little bit off the record, you know, can't really tell people that he's using Sherlock, but people put up with it because he does solve the crimes really easily. He makes everybody kind of look like an idiot in the process, but, you know, he, you know, it's, it's kind of necessary. And, you know, Sherlock would be there anyway, even if you didn't ask him to be. So. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah, so I, I don't mind. Like, either way, I love Rupert Graves. Adore him. Um, I think I think he's a fabulous actor. Um, I love what he did with Lestrade. I, I adore BBC Lestrade, like, so much. Um, you know, and I love he and Sherlock's kind of, like, relationship. I, I like that father-son kind of relationship they have going on because of the fact that we don't really know much about their family. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good to have someone there to like, kind of, because, you know, John's more the brother, best friend type, but uh, Greg's kind of the one that's also looking out for them. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this point. <laughs> I, like, I love, like, I love the moment in Reichenbach Fall when Sherlock, like, takes John hostage, and he, you know, he says everybody get down or whatever, and, and Lestrade is just like, oh, like, he puts his, like, hands in the air, and he's like, Sherlock, this again, you know, like, not threatened at all, knows that Sherlock isn't going to do anything, like, he knows him well enough. He says in, in Study in Pink, he's like, you know, John says, you know him better than I do, and he's like, no, I don't, and it's like, no, you, you know who he is, you know, you may not know everything about him, but you trust Sherlock for you know, for a reason, for a good reason, because you've been, you've known him for five years. You you know how he operates. You know that he is a good person. He can be, you know, insufferable, but he's not going to shoot anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I, I adore the way that Lestrade is played. It did actually uh, surprise me in Reichenbach when um, Lestrade was one of the three people that was named with the people closest to Sherlock. Oh, surprised you? It, it actually did, because I, I actually, I... I didn't really take in much Lestrade the first time through, because sure. uh, I knew Mrs. Hudson was her landlady, and, you know, she was more of the mother hand, and we saw in Scandal that she was actually a complete vamp. Yeah. And then, of course, John. I mean, that's that's the dead giveaway, because, you know, yeah. John. But I, I did not see Lestrade coming, and it wasn't until, you know, rewatching mm-hmm. it again and actually paying attention to Lestrade that I really started grasping the depth of his character and his relationship with Sherlock and falling in love with it more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it, it didn't surprise me as much because I mean, look at the Christmas party, you know, in, in scandal, like there's not a lot of people at that Christmas party. But know? I said that more as like, these are the people John invited and Sherlock was just being forced to be there. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 totally, totally, totally get that. Um, like right after that in uh, Baskerville, we find out that, you know, Sherlock doesn't even know his first name. I know, right? Which is just typical Sherlock, though. You know, there's so many things. You know, we arguably we could say very. You know, I think it's a good argument um, that John is Sherlock's is the most important person in Sherlock's life, even though they've only known each other like a year and a half at the time of Reichenbach. I think like a year and a half is it something like that. Um, but you know, I'm sure there's tons of things about John he has no idea because they probably don't matter. You know, he probably has no idea about his middle name. He probably has no idea what his birthday is, you know, stuff like that. No clue. Um, you know, and I think, you know, the thing about Sherlock not knowing Lestrade's first name, you know, it makes sense for him again that he doesn't know that because it doesn't matter to him. But also, like, you know, it was kind of a 
joke. You know, it was, it was kind of enriching Sherlock's character to us at that point. It was kind of like a laugh out loud moment. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was surprised on first viewing of Reichenbach that Molly wasn't in there. Me too. But I, 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 yeah, going back and watching it and you see the way that Sherlock totally has like disregards Molly completely in great game. Like when, which is the only time that we see, you know, arguably maybe the only time that Moriarty paid attention to how they would react to each other at all. Um, but, but, yeah, when, when Molly introduces Jim from IT to Sherlock, and Sherlock doesn't care about Molly at all, or doesn't appear to care about Molly at all. You know, I think he cares deeply for her, but that's not what Moriarty saw, you know? He saw Sherlock ignoring her, and Sherlock, you know, seemingly not caring about her at all. So, so I mean, so yeah, first viewing of Reichenbach, I was like, where's Molly? But then, like, realized how brilliant it is that she wasn't included. You know? Uh, yeah, because I think, because uh, we know that Molly is somehow a part of this ra- whole Reichenbach plan. We just don't know how. So yeah. I think in that moment, you know, if, if Sherlock had named Molly, it would have tipped off Moriarty that she actually is more to Sherlock and more important. And it probably would have gotten Molly in more trouble and spoiled their plans. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean, wait, when they were on the roof? Yeah, when he named his three people and Molly not being one of them. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that was definitely pretty, you know, that was definitely smart on Sherlock's part and definitely part of it. Like, he's he knows not to mention Molly. He probably has deduced that, you know, Moriarty, he probably has deduced that Moriarty has deduced that Molly's not important <laughs> to Sherlock. So I know, deduce that you deduce that I deduce that this is deduce. awesome. I deduce that I deduce so what about uh, Von Banker? How do you feel about that one? Um, again, like, in it's very commonly not the, you know, favorite. It's usually the least favorite, and it is probably my least favorite, definitely. Um, Why is that? So probably and then definitely. It's definitely my least favorite. But it's like, I think my friend Courtney was, like, the one who was, like, you know, it's like choosing your favorite flavor of ice cream, though. Like, even if it's just vanilla, it's still ice cream. Like, it's still really good. So, like, how I feel about it. Like, I yeah. I liked it. It's a good episode. But mm-hmm. there are other, I I think all the other ones are just so much better. Yes. Yeah, that's because it. Because there's parts so. in Blind Banker that are really good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what like what do you really like in it? Like, um, one of my favorite parts, well, just opening with John. Um <laughs> And and having a row in the machine oh, while Sherlock's fighting. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I do have to wonder about that assassin's like bus trip over there. He's like hold, holding a scimitar and just riding the bus over. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're talking about like in the, in the apartment with, with Sherlock. Yeah. The, the assassin coming and trying to get him. Why is this coming? Why is this guy coming at you with a sword? And that like thing is never explained, right? That's never explained, right? Right. Um. It's just put in there to 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 I think juxtapose their two different, the way they live life, you know? Yeah, I mean, because it's, I can't can't remember if it's on John's blog or not, because it's been so long since I've looked at John's blog. Yeah, yeah, same here. I also like all the moments with Sarah, kind of seeing that normal John side, like, trying to have a relationship away from Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, yeah, And, and as much as I definitely will argue for asexual Sherlock, I don't think he's 
a romantic? Is that the right word? Like, I think... I'm not sure what point you're trying to make. Like, like he's... Like, well, what I'm saying with him, like, you know, Sherlock constantly trying to sabotage John's relationships and automatically hating Sarah, even though, like, you know, nothing... Well, probably knows everything about her. But, like, I, I do like that Sherlock maybe has such an attachment to John even that early into their friendship that it's not like, like he love he does love him maybe in a romantic way, but not like a sexual way. Like it might, might have just like started talking out of left field with that. But do you think that um, if there wasn't a case that, that uh, Sherlock would have went on the date with them? Wait, what? If you, if you, do you think if it wasn't for the case that huh. Sherlock would have went along with them? I, I think he would have found a way to show up. I'm not gonna lie. Either, and he would have claimed it's out of boredom, and but it would have been to catch a glimpse of Sarah and to deduce her. I definitely think so. Definitely, I wonder, like because we, was... we see later with the uh, teacher. Sorry, this is a different point. We see I... later with the teacher. You know, like he he deduced her. She was the uh, the boring teacher and stuff like that. But we never really got him deducing Sarah and like criticizing her in any way. So, do you think that he actually, you know, saw something in her that he liked? Yeah, maybe. Seriously, I mean, maybe. Um, yeah, we have them interact, but he has such like contempt for her, like automatically, like even when she's yeah, he doesn't like verbally deduce her, does he? Like, yeah, he doesn't really say anything to her, but like when she is just asking questions about the co- like the code, um, and the photos of the of the code or whatever. Um yeah, he has a lot of contempt, like obvious contempt for her. Um and the, those are the only times they interact, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And when yeah, like then Sherlock runs out and then that's when they get kidnapped when John and Sarah get kidnapped. So yeah. You know, some of my favorite Sherlock moments is when he's saving people. Um, I, I think those are the most human moments, like when he's untying Sarah or making uh, Henry Knight look at the dog or yeah. pulling John out of the cage. I mean, like, those are really yeah. nice human moments for him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And remind us that, that sh- you know, Sherlock does care about people. You know, it's – he's such a <sighs> – like, he's such a blunt person, blunt and honest person, because he really is just kind of honest, unless he's lying to get something he wants, mm-hmm. um, which is just part of him. But, yeah, he, he, and, you know, as much as he says, like, like, John gets mad at him because he's like, you don't care about these people, you just want to solve, you know, the, the, uh, the puzzles, like, yeah, that's part of it, but I don't know, I, I think Sherlock genuinely cares, I mean, look at how he is with Mrs. Hudson, you know, like, he he really really cares about her, and God like when he gets angry at the American agent when he like <laughs> he comes in and and Mrs Hudson's been beaten up like and he's so gentle and tender with her and he says you know the thing like like tears won't stop whatever but you know in a way that is just telling her to to be strong and I'll take care of you mm-hmm. you know and he just he loves her so much so much you know yeah. I think it's that mindset of, like, not having the quantity of friends, but the quality. Like, to me, it's always been, it's better to have a small group of really close friends than a huge group of people you only sort of kind of know. Right, right. Poke my keyboard. (laughs) Sorry, keyboard. Which is funny, because, like, I totally agree with you. Yeah, but I'm totally the type of person who, like, I, I have a... 
I have a lot of friends. Um, and I know a lot of people. I don't know. Like, no, I'm the same way. I, I know a lot of people, and I have a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances. But right. at the end of the day, if I'm in, like, dire need of something, there's probably right. about a group of 15 people I would call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, see, I think that's a big group of people. Like, that's because you're, I mean, you're really sweet and, like, Oh, people love you. Yeah, yeah, and you're really good friends, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay. I don't to make me blush on my own podcast. <laughs> you're, you're a jerk face. <laughs> uh, there, I'm not nice anymore. Uh, good. Don't call me when you need help. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, what are we talking about? Uh, everything. Blind banker. I know we're. I know we're in the blind sure. banker now. Cause like I, one of my next points was like going through all the characters, but we're kind of already going through the characters as we're going through the episode. So this yeah. is okay. <laughs> That's great. How do you feel about Dimmick not coming back? Because Dimmick's like the little guy that we never see again. Yeah, yeah. What was the? It was just the was was Strahd like? He was a way out of the case, I think. A way on a case, but like, what's the reason? Like, like, why would they do that unless like was Rupert Graves busy? Like, was he filming something? He might have been. Like, otherwise, I can't imagine, like, any reason narratively for, for Dimmock to be in there. The only thing I might can think of is he might come back. What if he's part of Moriarty's club? Ooh, see, that would be cool. Yeah. That would be very cool. Because we already know that, like, Moriarty has a person within the police department. We saw that. But what if he has more than one? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it would make sense for him to have more than one, considering, like, how big his organization is, you know. He's not small pickings. Um, no, I think that'd I think that be really brilliant. I had never thought of that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, It could I, also be as simple that, you know, Rupert Gates could have had a scheduling conflict. Yeah, because that was something I could never figure out, and I kind of always just kind of mentally chalked it up to, to Graves being busy, you know, and maybe having a previous, because it was just the, the second episode. You know? Yeah, I was about to say, he wasn't filming for Doctor Who. That was way... That was way later. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I like Dimmock. I kind of like that somebody who had never met Sherlock before was, like, automatically like, oh, this guy's really smart. Neat. You know? Mm-hmm. Guess I should listen to him after I put up a fight for a little bit. Did, is it just me, or did you remind you of, um, of Neil Patrick Harris a little bit? <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> I can't like I can't like watch it without like seeing like British Neil Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, now I'm gonna like have to. Oh, damn you, Jackie! <laughs> I'm never gonna watch that again. I'm waiting for him to break out and sing. That makes it like a thousand times better. And I have disappointment because he doesn't sing. <laughs> yeah, where's our musical episode of Sherlock? Come on, get on it, get on it, BBC. I would like to see Dimmick come back. Um, because I, I, I would really love to see Watson's Warriors. Are, are you familiar with that? Tell me about it. Watson's Warriors is this idea um, of John Watson actively doing the I Believe in Sherlock movement that we actually see in real life. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's like people like him, Lestrade, Henry Knight, like people that Sherlock has affected and like saved, and they're the ones going out and tagging in real life um, oh, wow. the I Believe in Sherlock movement. And I would actually like to see Demi come back doing that. that. See, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I hadn't thought about that. Like, you know, and I'd heard of Watson's Warriors, but again, like, not something that I've really thought about for over a year. Well, not over a year, but probably about a year, because, you know, this time last year was when 
you know, the I Believe in Sherlock thing was huge, you know, right after, you know, Reichenbach Fall was uh, was broadcast. Um, I don't know, like, as far as seeing that, like, in the third series. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, I mentioned this to Allison, like, I, I wouldn't want it to be a big thing. Maybe a really short, maybe 30-second montage, just kind of catching sure. up to see everybody, what they're doing. Tagging stuff. Maybe there's, like, a blog or, like... Yeah. set up for it that John doesn't like specifically contribute to but like that people that he knows contribute to and like do things like it could be like a Tumblr type of blog. Yeah like I, I we don't since we don't actually know what Henry Knight's job is I always kind of. Just being rich and crazy. Yeah I always just sort of imagine him being into computers anyway because he's yeah. kind of awkward like us. <laughs> oh Russell Tumblr's so cute. I could see him sitting on Tumblr for hours on end. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of see him being, like, the computer side of it, why John and Lestrade are more on the let's go out and tag things side yeah. of it. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I love the idea of Lestrade doing that and then, like, you know, because he's a yeah, cop. I, I think he's going to be a disgraced cop. I mean, I, I think um, I, I actually really... The stuff that happened in Reichenbach. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see him demoted, and I want to see um, Tobias Gregson in his position, and Gregson being in Moriarty's chain. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, because they're, they're rivals in the book, so I, I think that would be... And, like, so Greg can't openly help them as much as he used to until they actually discover Gregson's in the chain. Ooh, I like that. Personal headcanons. Any headcanons, by the way, you have, please throw them out. I love them. Oh, totes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I've am i been saying since last year, like, I would love for Series 3 to open with, you know, we, I think we've already been told at this point, um, if it's not incorrect information, um, that Gatiss was saying something about, like, the first kind of 20 minutes of the episode are going to focus on kind of what Sherlock's been doing and what, John's been doing, you know, during, during, you know, while Sherlock is supposedly dead. Oh, like, good. like, yeah, I mean, like, and, and again, don't quote me on that, um, but, but I, I read it on Tumblr, the, the, yeah, there was, uh, an interview where, where Gaita said, said something along those lines. I really um, hope so, because I was hoping they wouldn't bring him in, like, in the first 10 minutes, and he's like, hi, I'm back, let's go top adventures. Yeah, I think we need a little bit of a, like, you know, put, dipping our toe into the water kind of thing, seeing where they're at. Now, as far as them reuniting, like, the like the reason they would need to reunite, I think, would make sense and be really interesting is that Moran is really close, has maybe just found, like, found out that Sherlock's alive. Like, somehow maybe they had a run-in or something and Moran got away or something. And so now he's after John. And so Sherlock has to go back to John to be like, your life is in danger. Uh, let's get out of here and have an adventure or whatever, what, however it has to progress from there. But that, that gives Sherlock good reason to have to reveal himself to John that he's alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the adventure would pick up pretty quickly, you know, I think after that. Uh, but that's just my opinion. I would love for Moran to come into it like that. I would love for them to be reunited like that. Cause otherwise, I mean, you know, I don't want Sherlock to have totally stamped out Moriarty's web at the, you know, before the episode even starts. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want that. I want there to still be this, like, vestige of it that that he has to tackle with John. And that's what would make sense to me. And since Moran is kind of such an important character, at least as far as, like, the fandom is concerned and 
you know, and, and Gatiss and, and Moffat have talked about him a lot. Um, I'm hoping that uh, he's the villain for at least the entire season. I hope he's not gone in the first episode. Right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. I, 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 if he is, like, I hadn't really thought about it that far. I was just thinking about, like, as far as reuniting John and Sherlock, like, that would be a good immediate threat for, you know, good reason for Sherlock to go back to, to John. But, yeah, no, I would, it would be very cool if he was there, like, the entire season. Because I think that's what helps the, the first two series is that you had that common thread of, of Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you yeah. think that Moriarty's dead? I do. I do. I mean, I'm, I know there's lots of fan theories. I'm total. Again, I'm totally down with people having fan theories. Totally, down. I will read anything where people write up about it. I think it's fascinating. Like, you know, any head cannons, any of that. It's awesome. Um, me personally, I think that I would feel a little bit betrayed by the show if suddenly Moriarty was alive. You know, and I really, I think that they tried to make it as clear as possible that that he is dead. And Andrew Scott flat out said in an interview, it's hard to come back when you shoot yourself in the mouth. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, there's tons of fan theories about, like, him having, like, blood packs or, you know. But, I mean, we, you know, Sherlock saw it. We didn't get to see the hole blown into his head because we're watching a TV show that's not rated for that. Um, But Sherlock saw it point blank pretty much, you know. And Sherlock looked at the body and saw it. Sherlock's not going to miss something like that. Well, and again, I mean, you could make an argument that Sherlock saw that he was alive and had to keep acting and throw himself off the building, um, regardless. And I so think that, or it could be one of the few times that Sherlock couldn't fully deduce because it was a high-stress situation, and we know that he works well under stress, but he was clearly, of course, shocked. Yeah, so, I mean, there's tons of ways it could go. But again, yeah, me, it, which I'm, I'm totally down with, and I'm sure whatever it is, they'll explain and it'll make total sense and I'll be totally down with it. Of course I will. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't feel like Moriarty's alive. I feel like he was the threat in the first two seasons. Let's, you know, let's not have him be the villain in this season. Cause that's a little bit like, you know, Magneto being the villain in every X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Like we, we know, we know he's bad. By the time he came around X-Men three, we were like, all right, we're over it. Um, which may be a bad analogy, but there you go. That's the one I have. For me, <laughs> if, if we see Moriarty again, I only want to see him in flashbacks with Moran. Um, sure. That would be thing awesome. I think the Guy Ritchie movies do so well is mm-hmm. that we actually get to see Moriarty and Moran together and get to see that they actually have a relationship, like yeah. a, a, a friendship and a business partnership. Which I think um, is so cool, yeah. And that's the, that's the only time I want to see Andrew Scott again, which sucks because I love Andrew Scott. I, do I love, love- Scott, he's great. He's great. But I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to see him anymore past that. I have a little headcanon about, um, not little, um, it's pretty huge, about uh, Please, share. Moriarty's feelings towards Sherlock. I, I like pretty much believe that it's meant for Moriarty to have been like, uh, he's obviously obsessed with Sherlock. That's totally canon. That's totally explicit. Like, that is known. Um, I, I think that he kind of was in love with him. And I think we get a lot of little clues about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when he shows up as Jim from IT, he poses as a gay man, basically, um, to kind of like get Sherlock's attention or whatever. Um, when in the pool scene, Moriarty leaves. OK, Sherlock rips the jacket off of John and throws it. John makes the quip about, I'm glad nobody saw that, you ripping my clothes off in a 
you know, in a, at a swimming pool or whatever. And that line is when Moriarty comes back in and is obviously super agitated. This, like, little quippy, you know, could be interpreted not as flirty, but, like, as jokey. I guess, I guess maybe a little flirty, but as jokey about, like, you know, John and Sherlock, you know. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. And, like, and, and that's the line that the writer wrote that, that, that Moriarty comes back in on and is super agitated when he comes back in. So, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling. And, like, he's so disappointed, like, uh, yeah, I don't know, like, on the rooftop scene in Reichenbach. Like, he's so disappointed um, that, that that he thinks Sherlock hasn't caught on, you know? I, I don't know. He's like, like, ah, you know, I don't know. Now I'm saying I don't know a lot. But, like, I, I kind of, that, that's the headcanon I, I firmly hold on to. You know, know I... I, I've seen that head a lot, but I, I never thought about it in the pool scene. That's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, that's when he decides to come back in for no discernible reason. Like, he's already let them go. He's played his cat and mouse game. He's done his thing. Goodbye. See you later. Um, no, now I'm jealous and I'm going to come back in because I don't want you to forget how, you know, brilliant and terrifying I am. <laughs> that is true. I mean, that's the thing. I like your headcanon, Jackie. That's my headcanon. Nobody has to agree with it. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, it's it's totally okay. Like, uh, like every, like, ten minutes, like, me and Allison were th- throwing out, like, new headcanons. And it was everything yeah. from, like, Molly being actually evil and working in Moriarty's ring to, yeah. like... I don't know, like my strawed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everything, so it's okay. Do you know, like, how much I would love for Molly to have turned out to be Moran? Like, honestly, I think that would have been so badass, but it would make everything else fall apart, I think. Like, as far as, like, Sherlock's plans, you know? And that she's his end to the morgue. I, like, she's, that's that's her point of her character. Is what? As, as her, she's uh, kind of like that end to get them into the morgue and stuff like that. I, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so I, I think, I think awesome. a lot of stuff would fall apart if Molly Hooper ended out being a, a like a, you know, a, a pseudonym or whatever for, uh, for, for Moran. I think it will be interesting. What I would love to see, too, is that John and Sebastian know each other from their time in Afghanistan. Because, like, you know, in the very opening scene of of uh, of um, of uh, studying in pink, um, I almost said studying in scarlet, and I was like, "That's wrong, Jackie. That's the book." Um, uh, but like that very opening scene when when John wakes up and he shouts Sebastian, at least that's a, that's pretty much exactly what it sounds like he's saying. Really? Wait, have you not seen that? Oh, God, I'm opening up on my computer right now. <laughs> yeah, open up that scene, and, and he's having the flashbacks, da-da-da-da-da, pop-pop-pop-pop-pop. You know, they're in the war zone. And then and when he sits up, he shouts, you know, not out loud, I don't even think. I think it's in his mind. He shouts what sounds like Bastion. We're going to stay quiet and listen to this. Yeah! 
characters like have like you know histories together like oh it'd be oh, so good yeah. if, if john and sebastian have like a history in the army together you know that's you know i actually sort of had that idea like sort of it was a very off like random a long time ago that little <laughs> flighty thing about that but i never actually like, committed it to my memory and it just kind of <laughs> popped up out of my subconscious but yeah, yeah, no, no, like, I love, 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 like, and again, I love, like, characters, histories, you know, you know, being intertwined, like, I do love that, you know, Sherlock's first case was Moriarty, basically, and that's how he got Moriarty's attention, when they were, like, you know, eight or ten or whatever years old, like, that, that young, even though Sherlock didn't know who Moriarty was, like, Jim's been following him for that many years, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. I would I would love 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 love, love for Sebastian and and John to have known each other in the army. Please make it so, writers. I send out I send out a, a plea. <laughs> okay, my my Moran headcanon is that he's an American, but I know that's not going to end up happening. So that's okay. That can happen. Why not? It's because it, I I think that I uh, it was slipped somewhere. I think Ian. Gatiss' partner is Moran. Uh-huh. So, it's not going to happen, but it's okay. Yeah. I, it was a long shot, I knew. So. I mean, no, that would be great. As far as casting goes, yeah. Um, What's his name? Ian? Is it, It's Ian something, isn't it? Gatiss' um, partner. Yeah. Are they married, or are they, or are they just boyfriends? Or not just. Married. Just is not a good way to put it, because boyfriends is super important, too. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're married. They're married. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so it's something, yeah. Uh, which would be great. That'd be really cool. I mean, again, I would love for a character like, um, uh, God, what? No, Joe Gilgoon. Um, do you know who he is from Misfits? No, I actually explained. Oh, he's great. Yeah, you gotta look him up. He's. I would love to see him play Moran. I mean, Fassbender would be an amazing Moran, but I mean, obviously, he's not gonna be cast as as him. But I would love for Joe Gilgoon to be to be Moran. So good. Sorry, I'm looking this up. Joe. Yeah, Joe or Joseph Gilgun, G I L G U N. I'm pretty sure that's how it spells name. Oh, I wrote Joe Gun. Let's <laughs> try that again. <laughs> oh. Do you recognize him at all? He hasn't been in a lot of stuff. At least I don't think that people in America would have seen necessarily, unless they're watching Misfits or like that one weird sci-fi movie with a. How was it called? Lockdown or something? I actually uh, recognize him um, from Ripper Street, but it's only because they were running a promo and of some of the people I follow on Tumblr watch Ripper Street, and so he popped up a few times there. I want to watch Ripper Street. I'll watch anything with Joe Gilgoon in it. Joe Gilgoon, if you're listening, I will watch anything with you in it. You I are right. Break your heart. He's only in an episode. <laughs> if I ever meet you, I'm going to high-five you, and then maybe you'll give me a hug, and that will make my day. <gasps> Yeah, I I don't know what I want for um for my Moran. I I, I know I'm gonna trust them with whatever they have. I, the important oh, yeah. thing about Moran for me is I just want to know his past relationship with Moriarty. I 
I, yeah. The way I phrased it in my last podcast is I don't want him to walk in and say, hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. You killed my boss, so I'm going to shoot you maybe. Like, yeah. that's I, I don't want him just to come up and be like, I was a friend of Moriarty, because then I don't, I, I want to see. Like, do you want them to have a romantic relationship or just to have been, like, really good friends? Oh, no, or, I, I, I just, or even just, I'd be okay if they were just business partners. Or, I, I just, I don't want them to tell me his relationship to Moriarty. I want them to show me it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that'd be good. Um, Yeah, because, again, in, like, the first two series, like, we don't see Moran at all. Like, the only reason we infer at all that the, the shooter that we see training his gun on on John is even an important shooter, period, is the fact that we know that Moran exists as a character. You know what I mean? Yeah. If we didn't, like, they may not have shown a shooter at all. They may have just shown somebody sighting, you know, like, through the sight of the gun. Um, but the fact that they did zero in on that shooter and not the shooter that was trained on Lestrade or the shooter that was trained on um, Mrs. Hudson, like, you know, that's uh, that's obviously Moran. Now, if he's been cast and that is, um, uh, God, what? I know his name. I know Ian. his name. Ian, what, what's his last name? Oh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, the fact that they've basically already cast that role if they use that same actor. Ian Hallard. Hallard. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I should have known that. I would never have thought of it, though, without looking it up. I kept trying to call him Ian Holmes. It's okay. And that's <laughs> definitely Bobo Baggins. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wrong, wrong, Ian. How do you feel about Molly? Because she is a strictly just BBC Sherlock character. Right, she's the only, like, original character that's, like, a main character. Yeah, so how, how, what are your thoughts what about about, like, what about Anderson and, and Donovan, though? I mean, like, we're going to get small, but I, I, aren't they original characters? I don't remember them at all. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> just to be perfectly honest with you. Um, um, but anyway, as far as I feel about Molly... Um, I, I feel like Molly holds more weight than Anderson or Donovan. Oh, totally, totally, totally. She's definitely more of a, a main character. Um, you mean just, like, what are my feelings about the character herself? Yeah, how, how do you think she's working, like, being an original character in this? How are your feelings towards her? What do you like? What do you dislike? Because that, that is something that is different. Cause we're not going to see, like, you know, Molly pop up in elementary or anything like that. Right, true, yeah. Um, I don't know. I really like her. I think it's, um, I, I think... She's, I mean, God, Louise Breeley, Bre- it's Breeley, right? Or is it Breezley? It's Breeley. Breeley. Breeley, yeah, yeah. She she plays her brilliantly. I mean, she, it's, it's interesting because I connect a lot with her because I've been that girl, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. hopelessly, like, in love with this person who doesn't see me that way and other, somebody else is more important to him. Um which is John for him, for, for Sherlock. Um, but I turn out to be just as important to that person, but it, for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like for friendship reasons and stuff like that. So I, I think she's great. And I think the fact that she, that she is pretty much a badass. Like I, I do love Bamp Molly. Like the idea that, no, she cuts up dead people and she's very smart. She just gets, she grew up with Moriarty. She broke up with Moriarty. She watches Sherlock whip a dead body and then says, let's get coffee. You know, like, she's she's awesome. She just gets giggly and shy around him. And and she tells him off, you know, and he doesn't retort. When, you know, like, at the Christmas party, you know. 
when when he basically you know when he deduces her package and she's like um and she's like your things you say are so horrible and he apologizes to her like she's a bamf she just when we see her she's around sherlock and she feels you know still pretty giggly you know but you do see a change um from the time that 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 christmas party happens you do see a change in her like so that by the time we're at reichenbach falls and um and John and Sherlock are hanging out at the lab, you know, looking at whatever. Um, she's she's like, I can see that you're sad, and I can see that you don't want him to see that you're sad, and I can help you if you need help with anything. You know, like, it's no, she's still a little shy because that's just part of her personality, which is great. I love that there's a totally Banff character who's still a little shy. She doesn't have to be, like suddenly be like super you know confident about everything she can have those she can she can still be who she is but be like super awesome you know what i mean oh i know how you mean so much i i just you know, uh last night or the night before i <laughs> i was recording on a once upon a time podcast as a guest uh-huh. and one of our conversations is that a lot of the women characters are such strong female characters. And we don't have problems with that, but most of them, almost every female character on this show, with the exception of Belle from Beauty and the Beast, has either wielded a sword or kicked ass at some point. The problem is now it's making the men look weak. Right, which, you know, I I don't... I mean, everybody should be badass in their own way, but I think they should be true to character, and you can be badass without being Xena. You know what I mean? Like Because, like, are you familiar with Once Upon a Time? I, I honestly, I've seen, like, half of an episode, I think. Like, I want to watch it. I'm just, like, get super obsessed with things when I watch them. So if I start watching the thing, I have to finish all of it. If, and if I think, you uh, let me know, I will be your once upon a time buddy. Um, <laughs> I have uh, all of season one and all of season two up, up to last night's episode if you ever want them. So Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think. Are they not online? I thought they were online. but uh, I, I know season one's on Netflix. Oh, see, yeah, and I'll start with, like, season one, obviously. Um, yeah, but season two is still running, so it's not on Netflix yet. Yeah. But the problem, once, uh, the thing about what's a upon a time is, is that they have their cursed selves and then their real-life fairy tale selves. But what happened was there was a distinct, like, break, and so you have a character like Snow White, who in the fairy tale land, she kicks ass and takes names and, like, fights with a sword and stuff like that, but her her shy fairy tale self, or her cursed self, is shy, and she's meek, and he's, she's timid. And I actually really like that side better because yeah. of the fact that we see her find inner strength and become stronger. She's just not initially strong. But then that what happens is, um, I, I, I won't spoil it for you, but okay. we kind of lose that side of herself then, and it actually makes me really upset. Yeah, oh, no. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, because I think, you know, because it takes a, a very strong person to overcome, you know, if they have insecurities or if they are shy or if they are, you know, as, you know, if, if they're outwardly like, you know, such a badass and then they do badass things, you're like, oh, okay, you, you grew there. Good job, character. You know, good good character development. You just kept being a badass. Um, no, I think about it. When we usually see strong female characters, they usually are like that kick-ass badass characters or maybe just some of the things that I watch. I don't know if that's a general trope. Sure. I mean, it's not, it's not, and again, it's not a bad thing but if we're looking for character growth or character development or anything okay and this is why i love 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 the scene in avengers where 
you know, obviously from the beginning, or so I guess several scenes where where um, uh, Black Widow is, uh, where Natasha is, um, I almost said Scarlet Witch, I almost always do that, um, where <laughs> Natasha is kind of terrified of the Hulk. You know what I mean? Like that first scene when she's talking to Bruce, um, in uh, in Cal- where are you? Is they in Calcutta? Yeah, they're in Calcutta. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she's scared because she's amazing. She's a badass. We just saw her take down like three Russian mobsters or whatever when she was tied to a chair. Like, how much more badass can you get? Um, but she's still brave enough to go in there and to con- and to talk to Banner when he could Hulk out at any moment and just tear her apart. She's not super powered. You know, she's really good at what she does. She's really skilled. She's a master interrogator. She's master, you know, uh, you know, and she does guns really good and she does punching really good. But like she, but, but she's has this fear of this just force of nature, basically, which, but she still goes in there and she still talks to him. And oh my God, the scene on the helicarrier when he does Hulk out and she's like, Bruce, Bruce, and he, and he starts to change and she's, terrified all she can do is run all she can do is hide but as soon as his fury calls her on on the intercom or, or on the, the earpiece or whatever she goes back into battle you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that is a but, very and well then is she know that she goes back to the battle from being crouched in a scared like little ball from being terrified and i mean there was a lot of and i know i remember when the movie came out there was definitely a lot of like flack about like her being a you know, oh, you have the strong character, but oh my God, look, she's hiding. Like, no, 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 she's hiding because she's terrified. But she goes back into the fight, mm-hmm. knowing that she could die if she comes across Hulk, even for a second. You know, be- because what can she do? Guns don't work. Punching doesn't work. Interrogation does not work. And those are the things that she's amazingly good at. And that's, I mean, so having she and and Hulk together in those scenes. Is so such smart writing, I think, and and just so well acted. Um, definitely on Scarlett Johansson's part, you know, and, and I mean, of course, Mark Ruffalo, but you, you definitely Mark Ruffalo in the Calcutta scene, um, you know. But but with with Scarlett Johansson in the uh, the Helicarrier scenes, just oh man, when that was happening, I was just like, oh, you know, <laughs> pretty much screaming because it was so good. And then all interviewers can ask her about is like her, like what she you know, her workout regime. And it's like, no, ask her about her freaking character development. You know? I think she even mentioned that before, that she really hates those questions. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's those interviews that you see all the time and, like, panel discussions where she's like, she's like, dude, what? Like, like Robert gets, like, the really cool questions and I get the rabbit food question? Like, yeah, don't ask these dumb questions when there's so many good questions to ask her. You know? You didn't pay attention at all. So, yeah. I don't know, I'm getting off. Like, we were talking about Molly. Oh, no, I, I no? absolutely adore tangents in my podcast. It's These Sherlock episodes <laughs> came from a tangent in a Doctor Who show. Good. I, 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 was re- I have an arch nemesis in my podcasting group named Shag. Oh. We, we love to hate each other when we're actually, like, secretly awesome friends. <laughs> uh, but he, he will purposely disagree with something just to make me mad. He's my oh, arch nemesis. But uh, we were having a Doctor Who show. And we got off on, like, a 30, 40-minute tangent about Sherlock. And at the end of it, he was just like, you should have a Sherlock show. So that's, that's actually where all these, like, Road to 221 Decon shows came from. So it's, tastes awesome. are totally awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've sort of 
touched on a great game and a good deal. Um, we haven't really talked about Scandal and the uh-huh. woman. How do you like this uh, take on Irene Adler? I mean, it's very different. If you read um, A Scandal in Bohemia, like, Irene is pretty much just a normal person who happens to have, like, a photo of her, if I'm not mistaken, like, a photo of her with um, a dignitary, and he wants the photo back, and she's just like, dude, I'm just trying to live my life, I'm about to get married, leave me alone. And that's basically what she does. You know, she's, yeah, an American, she's beautiful, I think she's maybe an actress or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's an actress, but then that that word has a lot of... uh connotation to it because a lot of there's there's this kind of split about whether or not an actress meant Ooh. um an like a, a risque entertainer or is she like an actual actress because oh. a lot of times it de- did mean um that kind of burlesque um, american burlesque was really coming up in that time sure yeah yeah so um a lot of people think that it might have been towards that and yeah. it has a different connotation so because oh. irene is so in the fandom. People either really love her or really hate her, and yeah. we see feminists on both sides of the spectrum with her. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just, yeah, and again, I, I think she's pretty, pretty bamf. I think that Laura Pulver played her really well. Um, I, I, yeah, I really I don't have any complaints. I, I actually kind of love a non-traditional lesbian character. Um, you know, and then you do have the argument that's like, well, she's a lesbian, but, like, she's showing interest in Sherlock. Part of it was an act, you know, but part of it wasn't. I mean, you can be a lesbian. Again, there's no, it's not black and white. Like, you can be a lesbian and be intrigued by somebody. You know what I mean? Who's, who's of an opposite. Yeah, as I, I think that's a different form of love. It's right. two types of love between John and Irene. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't, it's like that intellectual, you know, respect, you know, because she is very smart. Um, and she is not lying when she says that Brainy is the new sexy part of its act, maybe, um, because she is working for Moriarty, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think she is genuinely in, intrigued by Sherlock. Yeah. And I mean, who wouldn't be? Do you yeah. think that she would have, uh, quote unquote, you know, like, well, she ended up losing in the end, but she, she was able right. to get by so much. Um, do you think that was more on her own or more through Moriarty? And if it was more through Moriarty, do you think she would have gotten that far on her own? Um, you're talking about how far she got along with carrying out her plan? Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, because honestly, like, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of it was being orchestrated by Moriarty. A lot of it was, you know, his plans to get, you know, to, to figure out this whole plot that was going on, basically, that the British government was kind of, you know, orchestrating. But 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 he needed her, you know. But but again, how much she actually planned it, I I don't know. I don't have a clue. I mean, I think you have to be fabulously intelligent to string Sherlock along at all, or, or you know what I mean. Like the fact that he could not read her, mm-hmm. like that says a lot, you know. He could read. He looked at Moriarty and deduced Moriarty like pretty well. Like even when he was dressed as Jim from IT, and we are, you know, and of course. Jim is smart enough to, you know, to, to, to dress a certain way and to act a certain way, um, to, to be deduced by Sherlock. You know, he wanted to be deduced as, as gay, you know, and to be written off as not a threat and stuff. And it was just his way to kind of thrillingly get close to Sherlock. But like, 
Sherlock can't deduce anything from Irene. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even if, even, even though she goes in with, like, her battle suit on, like, totally naked, like, that, there's still things Sherlock would be able to deduce. But she's just so freaking good, you know? She's so intelligent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't have a problem with, I mean, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to be somebody who says, like, oh, she should have won because she was a woman. Like, no, I think narratively, like, that worked really well. And Sherlock saved her at the end. I mean, who's to say she may not have gotten out of there if she, you know, she could have done something at the last minute to get away. She, you know, and maybe it was part of the plan to get Sherlock so wrapped up in her that he would come save her, you know, so maybe that was part of her plan, you know, so maybe she did win in the end in a way. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't get offended by the ending. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think Irene's going to come back? Because some people think that she's helping Sherlock with his all the Reichenbach fall stuff and finding Moriarty because there was a time she was in Moriarty's web. I would kind of love to see her come back. Like, it would be really, I think, amazing. I think, you know, we don't need a thousand million new characters if, you know, you've got this really nice, you know, set up with, with Irene already where she could be helping Sherlock. You know what I mean? Even if Sherlock just, like, mentions it. You know, I would love to see Irene come back and, like, do something cool. Um, I haven't really thought about it that much, but but I think it'd be rad. Um, you know, so, we, yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be cool. It'd be awesome. You know who we haven't talked about at all, period, the end? Mycroft. Oh, we haven't. Oh, my God. How have we not talked about Mycroft? Because I, I, uh, it kind of struck me when we were talking about, like, Irene's plans and trying to get, like, the plans from Sherlock. And I was like, the plans? Oh, you mean Mycroft? We haven't talked about Mycroft. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are your feelings towards Mycroft and his relationship with, like, Sherlock and John and just, like, in the whole general everything? I will tell you my favorite Mycroft is an offended Mycroft. Anytime he gets offended, <laughs> anytime that John is, like, sassy with him, oh, my God, it's my favorite thing. It is like, the best faces. Oh, my God. So good. So good. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really adore Mycroft. I think Gatiss plays him so well um i love how he's pompous but like and he's super smart but like and kind of overbearing and and i don't know like i just i adore him he's a bit of a twat but like he's amazing <laughs> at the same time like i really love him like i've never heard my cup described as a twat he is <laughs> so, he's so pompous <laughs> Oh my god, the whole scene with, oh my god, the whole scene in Buckingham Palace when he's just like so offended by everything. And, and close. I love when like he and Sherlock have their like little brotherly moments like that where he's like, where he's like, put on your clothes and Sherlock's like, no, walk away naked. <laughs> Mom's not here to tell me to. It's so amazing. Well, screw yourself. I really like him. I, I, I really adore him i do it's funny because i was just thinking the other day about like you know what was his role in reichenbach you know what i mean because he cares about sherlock he he obviously cares about sherlock otherwise he wouldn't waste his time um but when he's looking at the paper and and on the paper at the very end of reichenbach and it says like suicide of fake genius like minecraft isn't reacting you know what i mean so i think minecraft was kind of in it from the beginning you know, I, I I think Mycroft is smart enough that he would not have given Jim information about Sherlock 
unless unless he meant to. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's like, oh, God, and now I'm forgetting exactly what it was. But, like, you know, Moriarty found out a lot of stuff about Sherlock from from Mycroft when he was, like, locked in, you know, when they had him in custody. And, and Mycroft was, like, interrogating him. And he says, like, oh, you know. Whatever. Somehow he got information from Minecraft. Now I need to go back and watch it all. Um, I've seen so many, like, different takes on that last thing, because, like, some people think he's in on it. Um, Some people were taking yes because he's in public and not very emotional to begin with. He didn't, because when when he's talking to John and John walks out, Minecraft shows more emotion in that scene at the end than he did finding out, you know, reading in the paper. And so some people are like, well, maybe it's just because he's in public around other people. He's not going to show any emotions. But why would he be in public? Why would the writers write that that scene in public if they want to show that he's? I don't. I don't know. Well, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, unless, yeah, unless like that's just where he happened to find it out. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe that is a stronger argument that like if he was in private and wasn't reacting, that would be a stronger argument for what I'm saying. But I, I don't know, man. Like I just I I think he. Allison had a different take on this. Allison thinks that he doesn't know that Sherlock's alive, period, the end. And that Sherlock is good enough to know where all of Mycroft's eyes are to pretty much avoid them. I think that in that moment, he thinks Sherlock's dead. But he eventually, because he is the British government and he has eyes everywhere, he will eventually find out that Sherlock's alive and Sherlock will know this and then they will... And then he's helping Sherlock. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which... Is totally totally cool. Yeah, I, I would like to see him. Yeah, helping Sherlock a little bit. You know, during during this time, he's trying to take down the crime web and stuff. Because Sherlock can't do it on his own. Maybe he could have in the Victorian age, but like, I'm I'm sorry with information and and just worldwide everything. Like, Sherlock can't do everything on his own without help. You know, that's a very good point. Yeah. So I mean, I can see. You know, and maybe he's not with the government, but Mycroft can pretty much do whatever he wants. So if he has to assist or or whatever he needs to do, like, it can be kind of under the radar of the government. Do you know what I mean? mean, Yeah, we've already seen him turn cameras away to hide John. Yeah, yeah, which is definitely questionable behavior, you know, know, and maybe a little bit of abuse of power. But, um, but, I mean, it's Mycroft, so... How do, do you want to see more of their family life, or are you okay with the snippets that we've been given and have more fun just making up stuff? I mean, I kind of, I kind of am ambivalent. You know, I love, you know, Mother Holmes, like, being cast in my head by being played by Helen Mirren. <laughs> that might be all I need. You know, we haven't gotten anything about John's family, and I'm cool with that. I mean, I mean other than Harry, I would kind of love to meet Harry. I'm not going to lie. I would love to meet Harry. That would be great. Yeah. Um, as far as, as the rest of the Holmes family, I, I really could, could give or take. If it worked for the narrative, by all means, and I'm sure I would enjoy it so much. But, I mean, if they're just trying to, if, 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 if it felt out of place, I would not. I wouldn't enjoy it as much, definitely. How do you feel about all this nice strad going on when they haven't even really been on screen together? I mean, I think it's, I mean, I've probably sailed ships on less, you know. <laughs> um, but I'm like, slowly get to your own sails. We know that they know each other. I don't personally strongly ship them, but, I mean, I've totally read fic that, that 
it's a maestro fix. It's awesome. And I'm totally down with that. That's great. Um, but, but they're not a, a ship that I think about that much or I'm, I'm particularly into. Um, it, we know that they know each other enough that Mycroft can call up Lestrade and say, hey, go to Baskerville and check on my idiot brother. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, Mycroft's reaction to finding out that Sherlock broke in the Baskerville is probably one of my favorite moments of that episode. <laughs> well, he's just the like, eye roll. It wasn't even anger. It was just an eye roll. It's so beautiful. It's so good. So, yeah, no, I, 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 I totally hold the head, head canon that they know each other. Um, to what degree they are friends, I think it's unlikely that they are. I mean, as far as canon goes, like, I think it's a little bit unlikely that they uh, are super good friends or anything. But but I, I kind of I would love to see a scene with them together. Um, but as far as shipping them, dude, I can totally see it. You know, it's great. They're two different characters together would be awesome, you know, because Mycroft is such a pompous twat. Yeah. <laughs> Lestrade is still like, whatever. What do you uh, uh, feel about Hounds? Because that's actually, and Allison was surprised about this, it's probably one of my, tied for my top favorite episodes. Oh, yeah, no, and I, yeah, and it definitely, I think it gets least favorite a lot because it feels kind of out of maybe place. I don't know. I mean, like, it seems like such an obvious thing to figure out. Again, that maybe that's, you know, maybe there's not enough mystery there or whatever. I kind of loved so much of the John and Sherlock interactions in it that, that I, I really enjoyed it. I like that Lestrade was there. You know, I like that they all went on an adventure together. Like, I got out of London. Huh? It was nice getting out of London. Oh, because it was great getting out of London and being able, being able to see the countryside and everything. Um, and also that's like, that's, you know, Sherlock's home turf. He he could play by his own rules there, but it's different when he's out playing in other people's, <laughs> out playing in other people's houses, I guess. Is yeah. Say it. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I do love, I'm not going to lie, like I love the, the whole opening with the pig blood and with then Sherlock, you know, tweaking because he needs cigarettes so bad and, you know, bringing up Bluebell, and then that actually ties into the whole reason. Of course, Sherlock's brilliant, and, like, well, you know, part of the whole reason he went to Baskerville is because he wanted to pursue the glowing rabbit. Like, <laughs> Sherlock, you're such a troll. Oh, my God. And, like, I think that's when we see the Cluedo board, like, stuck to the wall for the first time. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, there's so much good stuff in there. And I just, I love Russell Tovey. Like, adore him. So I'm down with it, like. Like, I, I enjoyed the episode a lot. It's like, when it came out and people were like, that episode wasn't as good, I was like, well, it was, it was, I, I enjoyed it. Like, there were lots of good things in it. If I had to sit down and watch an episode right now, it'd probably, probably be that episode of Great Game. Those are my two types oh, of yeah. favorites. Yeah, those are great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, like, I would sit down and watch any episode at any time. Um, but yeah, those are, yeah, they're so good. They're so good. I think my two favorite episodes would probably be, um, God, I don't know. I, I want to say it, and then I I know I'm going to be like, but these other episodes are great. Like, I love, love, love Great Game. I love Reichenbach Ball. That might be my all-time favorite episode. There's just so much good stuff in it. And, you know, John and Sherlock, you know, having to run away from the police together. Like, I kind of love when my heroes get into situations like that. I don't know. I don't know. There's just a lot of good stuff. When, when, when my heroes are, like, have the world against them, like... Mm, like, I, I just, I love it. I love it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I adore it. But then I want to be like, but, you know, Scandal and Belgravia is great for this reason. And, you know, and, and, and Study in Pink is great for this reason. And so, yeah. That's I how I feel. I think Study in Pink's kind of gotten 
down, not like down in quality, but down is just because I've seen it so much. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I probably wouldn't like to sit down and watch it right now, just because I, I, hell, I watched it a few weeks ago with Allison. So I mean, oh yeah, yeah. If, it's it's, but I I I do have love something about Baskerville. I I think it's just like the the character moments. To me, you can sure. have. You know, you can stick Sherlock Holmes anywhere as long as the characterization is still there. And that's true for any book or story. If her characters are not strong and lovable and, well, even despicable. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have good characters, then you're not going to have a good story. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And I love I love when my when my heroes are, you know, tra- like, again, like, if they're, if they have the world against them or if they're trapped in some way or, like when Sherlock, like, has that emotional breakdown, because he can't believe what he's seen, mm-hmm. but he knows to believe his own mind, but his mind, everything is, he, everything he knows is wrong. If he really did see that hound, like, you know, he, he must, you know, but he has to eliminate the impossible, and there must be a hound, because he saw it, and he has that moment by the fireplace, and it's so good, and, like, John's just trying to be there for him, and, and Sherlock's being such a jerk. Such a jerk. Stupid old jerk face, Sherlock. I just also like I totally like like John is is one of the the biggest characters. Like, well, he's he's a character in my in all of my fandoms who I think I as, as kind of associate myself with the most, or I kind of relate to the most. Like him and 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 then in Supernatural, like Dean Winchester. So mm-hmm. like those two characters, I feel very kind of like you know, close to. So I don't know. When she, so when when John is sitting there, like, trying to talk to Sherlock, and Sherlock's being a big jerk. Like, I've been there before. Like, I've been that friend trying to talk through my friend being a jerk and lashing out at me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being, like, patient and still kind of loyal and, like, all right, well, get over it. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I like the whole thing. No, we haven't really talked. Uh, well, I, I did the back. Ah, let me try that one again. So we have uh, touched on Reichenbach. Is there any other parts that you want to touch on, like just like Moriarty, John Hudson, anything? In Reichenbach? Yeah, because we, we, we have talked about it some, but we haven't like delved into it too much. Um, I like, I actually kind of love um, Kitty. What's what's her last name oh, in the show? Riley. Riley, because there's a there's a Kitty Winter in um oh god which Sherlock story is it oh crap it's one of them I've read recently and now I forget the name of it shoot now I should Google it but yeah but yeah I I kind of love Kitty Riley but I also knew the actress from IT Crowd but like I, I, I she's so like kind of despicable um. She's great, and then when she comes back into it, and she's, like, this person who totally believes, like, Richard Burke's story, and is, like, trying to out, you know, um, Sherlock, and I do kind of love when people are like, maybe she's Moran, maybe, maybe, you know, I, I don't know, I love all these theories that we've already seen Moran, and that he's somebody that we know, um, other than, that's you know, so good, though, I, I really hope it comes out to that. What? I really hope we have already seen Moran. You know, and the only reason I kind of, and, and the only reason I kind of wouldn't want us to, and I know I just said that, because um, I love that, you know, when characters come back like that, um, it, it would totally negate the thing that I want more than anything for, for John to to know Moran. You know what I mean? To have known him when from their time in Afghanistan. 
Um, so that's the only reason I wouldn't want us to have seen Moran or, you know, other than the guy, you know, who's obviously John Sniper. I really do like the uh, whole headcanon around that Anderson is actually Moran. <laughs> I actually haven't read much about that. That's kind of amazing. Yeah, like, it, it, it came kind of started coming from from the pilot when he had that, like, hobo beard that everybody thought Anderson did it because he just looked like a bad guy, and that's why they had him shave it off. Oh, goodness. Oh, because God. everybody thought he was the bad guy. And yeah. it kind of... But it makes sense, though, because, you know, he has always against Sherlock. He's in... He has, you know, he has pretty much an in on them. He helped get Sherlock in that position yeah. to run away from the police. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just Anderson is such a lovable, you know, jerk. You're the only person you ended up lovable. I would hate the first person I ever describe Anderson as lovable. Oh, I <laughs> love you got a jerk. I hate him, though. Like, he's kind of adorable in, the, in how much I hate him. How much of, like, a rat he is, you know? Like, <laughs> I would kind of be so upset if he turned out to be way more bamf than he is. <laughs> I'd be a little disappointed. I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, main thing, I really want John and Sebastian to have had a history um, in the army together. Like, I think that would be great. So that would kind of rule out, if if I got my wish as far as that goes, that would kind of rule out pretty much anybody we've met to this point being Moran. I, I think it's one of the things, when Mar- well, both when Moran comes in, when we find out how Sherlock survived the fall, I think it's one of those things that the fandom is either going to really love or really hate. Like, there's just going to be a split. Yeah, there totally will be. And a lot of times you, you there's that thing where initially you hate it, but you go back and you watch it again, and you're like, oh, yeah, that was actually really good and really smart. It's just, it, it's hard because expectations can be so high that I know, like, God, when episode one airs, it, it, you know, I will, honestly, I will be super surprised if everyone is like, this is the best episode ever. Because initially, I think people will probably hate it just because of the amount of, of the, the huge amount of expectation. You know? Yeah, um, I, 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 think really it, I think they're going to do a good job because they're good storytellers. They know what they're doing. You know? I call, I call it my personal Princess Bride effect because I, I never saw Princess Bride until college. Um, mm-hmm. And I had always heard everything about it. Like, oh, it's the funniest movie you ever saw. You will be <laughs> rolling around on the floor laughing. It's so yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And it was good, but it wasn't, you know, rolling around on the floor laughing. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I think that made it not as great to me. Right. Yeah. That's like, you know, anybody that I've talked to about my fandoms, and I really try not to. I've, most of my friends are nerds. They're into different types of things and everything. Um, and, you know, and I, 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 but I try not to talk too much about, like, I don't want to annoy Aaron with talking about Sherlock too much, you know? Like, cause I, oh you know. my god, that's why I made a Once Upon a Time blog, because I was like, I'm reblogging this too much, and I'm going to make yeah. everybody hate me. Oh my god, yeah, no, I had to break off and make a Supernatural blog totally separate to reblog all the Supernatural things I love, um, because I didn't want to piss off, like, my main blog people who might be following me for maybe Supernatural, but also, like, Sherlock and, and comics and, and uh, Adventure Time stuff. Um, I, that's I, sad that we have to do that, <laughs> I just, you know, and I don't mind it. The reason I really don't mind it is because then I have all my favorite Supernatural gifts and all my favorite Supernatural, you know, 
screen caps and stuff in one place. And I can just go back through and scroll and be like, yes, this is what I love right here. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So I don't mind it so much. I really don't. Are there any parts um, of uh, Reichenbach that really stands out to you? Because to me, the like, the it's a really amazing it's like a really amazing episode until we get to that graveyard scene and then Martin Freeman just shoots the moon and it's phenomenal. God, my heart, my heart. <laughs> like he's just always so always so good. I, if you I cried ever... more than than I did at Sherlock Falling, but I, I think it's because oh, yeah. I I didn't watch season two until after it came out, so I had oh, TV sure. gifts and I knew it happened. But sure. I hadn't seen that part with Martin Freeman yet. Right. I don't think I stopped crying. Like, and then when he's just like, God, when he's reaching out, like, the graveyard scene is just so beautiful. And, I mean, if you've ever lost a loved one, you know what that's like. Like, you know what that is to keep talking to them and to be like, no, you're not, you're not dead. You're not. Um, yeah, come back now. Um, and, like, God, like, the scene right by St. Bart's when he's, when he's, trying to reach out for Sherlock and he's just like, Oh God, no. And he just, you know, when everybody lets him go and he's just standing there and he's just like frozen, you know, it's like your brain short circuits. You just don't know what to do or how to be, you know, Mm -hmm. like good God. I mean, so many kudos to Martin Freeman for, for that acting job. Like he's just, Oh God, so good. So good. I'm so happy. He gets so many great dramatic, scenes in this show oh god because he just he, he does such a good job with them such a good job you know i can't describe it any better jackie <laughs> yeah like and i god i was bawling he's, oh god he's so good i started crying at the opening of it because i watched it like i streamed it or whatever as it was um airing in in britain and um and there was i was so nervous and so excited about it and when it opens up and John is talking to his therapist, you know, and he's just like talking about Sherlock and it, Oh my God. I, 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 that was so, one of those things that it hit me up. It's like, what do you mean that he dies? And then what happens is in the course of the episode, you actually sort of forget about it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 And so you, then when you get to the end, you're like, Oh yeah, the beginning. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew, did you know what was going to happen because of gifts and Tumblr or because you knew, the story. I because it gets on Tumblr because I I didn't actually start reading it until uh, afterwards. Oh sure yeah yeah um yeah and see I knew exactly not and I say exactly what was going to happen like I knew Moriarty was going to die and I knew Sherlock was going to live but appear to be dead so I mean it wasn't even it wasn't even that like I wasn't upset about what was happening to Sherlock because I knew you know everything was going to be okay basically it was what John was going through. But I just was like, oh, my God, like, yeah. it's just so, so well acted and so well written and the progression is so good. I had no clue. I So I, like, literally just started, like, freaking out when I saw Sherlock in the graveyard. And now it's one of my favorite things to do. Like, I've, I've now seen the show with, like, two of my sisters and uh, and one of my best friends and uh, someone else. And every time my favorite thing is when it comes to that scene, just to turn and just watch them. <laughs> You are sadistic. Does not know. They just lose their shit. Oh, that's awesome. That's that's pretty awesome. That's like whenever I watch Supernatural with people now, I'm like, I'm like, hey, you see that? Did you see that? (laughs) 
When I get caught up, I need to watch Are you crying yet? You. you should be crying. <laughs> when I get caught up, I need to watch Supernatural with you. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And, again, like, I think people should only watch a thing if they're really interested. I'm, I'm never going to be like, you should watch this thing because I like it, and I think you should like it with me. I like uh, it, so but, like, if you know, watch this episode of season two, uh, spoilers, but I assume that if he comes back, their dad dies. Okay. Or something. So that's the, I got to there, and I just don't want to see the episode afterwards when they're like, but daddy's dead. Wait, wait, wait. So you watched, you've seen season one? I've seen all of season one. I'm on season, I, and I watched season one, or uh, season two, episode one, and at the end sure. of that, their dad dies. So yeah. I just haven't got the gumption up to, like, watch the episode where they're like, but daddy's dead. Oh, hope. Hope, my dear, it gets more painful than that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, one of my really good friends named Angel, like, watches it, and she's always just like, Hope, you have to watch it, because I'm crying, and I have no one to hold me. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, it's funny, because Supernatural, I mean, obviously, this is a little bit of a tangent, but Supernatural is one of those shows that, like, I remember when it first aired, like, in 2000, I don't know, 2 or 1 or whatever, whenever it started, God, no, 2005, 2005, I'm a liar. I'm pretty sure it's 2005. And I wanted to watch it because I was like, oh, Supernatural, cool. And I remember watching a couple episodes and just being, like, completely underwhelmed and didn't think about it again at all until Tumblr. And even then, I mean, I started watching, I think, I started watching season one, like, last spring maybe? And I got about halfway through and I was like, oh, God, this is just so corny. I can't take it. Like, I it just, ugh, gross. You know, I was not into it. Um, and then just staying on Tumblr, I was like, okay, I already was like totally adored Castiel, adored Misha Collins. That's uh, the reason why I started watching the show was just for Castiel. Yeah, exactly. So what I did was I went and I started with season four and I mean, I adored Jensen Ackles from the beginning, like even in season one, I was like, he's the biggest like redeeming you know, quality on the show. And I love Jared Padalecki. He's grown on me like crazy. Like, I adore the kid. It's kind of funny because this is totally, an, you know, an, an off thing. But, like, you know, Kara went to the same I high school as Jared. Jared. Yeah. yeah, so, like, I kind of just by association, I'm like, I adore Jared, but I can't think he's really hot or look at fan arts of him, like sexy fan arts of him. Not that I ever knew him. But just because Kara did, like, <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, it feels awkward. Like, I I, I think he's great, and I think he's, I, I do think he's super hot. I just, I can't, you know, get into it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> I just imagine, like, you, like, hiding in a room, looking like a teen beat magazine, like, not even something oh, sexy, God. and Kara just walks in, and you, like, shove it under your pillow. <laughs> don't look! Um, but, yeah, like, like, so I started watching season four, and, like, loved it loved it loved it and so that's what actually I, th I think I got like halfway through season four and I was like okay okay I gotta stop I gotta go back rewatch season one and by the time by like the last two episodes of season one I was totally sold again like I was like all right these are great these are good you know oh and then the way that season one ends uh, no spoilers it's so good so yeah <laughs> when I finished up through season seven on Netflix and this was before episode 10 of season eight had aired um yet I, I think it was, like, sometime at night, I finished the last episode in season seven, and I think I screamed at my computer, and I was like, no! And, like, <laughs> like, like, had to hunt down season eight, like, right away. And I watched, like, got probably eight or nine, you know, all the way up through. I think I watched eight episodes that night, and then stayed 
episode nine for the next day. But yeah, uh, that was my I, life. I have to like highly respect Jonas and highly respect like my brother and my sister, like people who live with people like us to where we'll randomly just like scream at our computer. <laughs> oh, Jonas, uh, when he was watching Breaking Bad, I would be upstairs working on my pages. And I would hear from downstairs, Jonas would be watching whatever episode, and he'd just be like, no! And he'd be like, are you kidding me? And, like, it was the best, because I was like, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I've been there. So, yeah, he yeah he gets, he he's not, like, into fandom stuff at all. He, he reacts to, to, to stories pretty well. It's great. It's really fun. Let's talk about the fandom zone. We've already chatted about it a little bit earlier. But, oh, sure, um, yeah. What are your favorite parts of the fandom? Like, what are these favorite favorite memes? Do you like the crossovers? Do you like all? You've already said that you like reading other people's canons. Um, what are some of your favorite ships? Sure. Um, I my favorite part of like the fandom, just as far as fandom itself goes, I like the community. I like that all these people are supportive of each other, and and you know, as soon as like you're around a Sherlockian, as soon as you see somebody wearing like you know, a Reaper Sun shirt or something, you're like, well, I have something in common with you and we can be bros, you know, like that's, that's my favorite part of fandom. My least, I mean, obviously least favorite part of fandom is, is people who try to sully it with, you know, negativity, but I, I find it easy to ignore those people. Like I'm, I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, I, I don't know if I get offended so much as just like, how long is anybody going to listen to you? Like you get together with your like five people that you want to complain about, you know, people who don't ship John Locke, like, go for it, like, do it. There's so many great people in this fandom and so many nice people, and I've met so many just cool fans who are... That's how we met. Yeah, I mean, we met through, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the first, not no, it was the second tea party, Um, because the first tea party was in Piedmont Park, Um, the second tea party was at, um, was at Cara's Clubhouse. (laughs) Cara has a personal treehouse that we all, like, like, Join house, no clubhouse. I know, but it just like saying Cora's clubhouse makes it sounds like it's like a secret hideout of Cara's, and like we climb the tree, the house ladder, and yeah. To clarify, it's a clubhouse in the sense that it's like you know how how apartment complexes have those areas that you can rent that are kind of like you know just a space with like a kitchen and like tables, and hers happens to have like a a theater in a separate room, like and we're talking a theater that seats oh, what do you think like forty five people, fifty people maybe? Maybe I would give that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, like, Kids Next Door Treehouse, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have those just in... Oh, no. Kid, yeah, totally. That's how it sounds. Do they have those just in America? Like, the clubhouse, um, like, with the apartment complexes? I have no idea. That feels like I think it's distinctly American. I, but I could be wrong. I couldn't tell you. I have no earthly clue. Like Red Solo Cups. <laughs> <laughs> distinctly American for some reason. <laughs> This doesn't seem to appear anywhere else. But, yeah, um, so I, I love, yeah, I love the people that I get to meet. I love that it opens me up to other things. Like, I wouldn't have watched, you know, Sherlock without the fandom being like, this is a good show. I wouldn't have watched, you know, Supernatural. I, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't have seen or watched. You know, there is there is stuff that I get to on my own anyway. But, you know, with the Internet, to say that I get it on, get, get into anything completely on my own without some, some sort of outside influence, I think, is erroneous <laughs> to say that. So I'm not going to say that. What are some of your favorite memes? Memes? I don't. I, I love the jam thing, but I, I love it because of the Kate Beaton comic, which honestly, like, I've been so into Kate Beaton for so long. Like, I love, love, you know, Hark of Vagrant for so long. I for love... For someone who doesn't know, uh, can you explain the jam thing? I, I know what it is, but... 
Oh, sure, yeah. A lot of my listeners actually are on Tumblr. Because I'm in a part of a group, sure. um, and there's, like, 20 shows, uh, a lot of people, like, I've been on their other shows, so they listen to me from those other shows, but they don't necessarily get to me through Tumblr. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, um, Kate Beaton is a webcomic artist um, and is also a published artist. Um, she does, like, historical... Um, primarily historical comics. Um, she's very funny. She's very smart. Um, her drawings are so charming and so good and so right on. Um, and she did, did um, a Sherlock and, and Watson one. Um, it's like classic, you know, Sherlock and Watson. Um, Arthur Conan Doyle style. And like, you know, this one comic that's just like Sherlock's like, you know, Watson comes along. He's like kind of the lady killer, you know, like, and this is years ago. This is before, I, it, I don't know if it was before the, the Richie films or not, but maybe around there at the same time, but it was way before BBC, BBC Sherlock. Um, uh, it, it, like Watson comes along. He's like, we've got to, you know, whatever. He's talking to Sherlock and, and Sherlock's like, oh no, I've got other Watson now. And the joke is, is that other Watson is like, Basically, the caricature of Watson that so many of us are were familiar with the like mustachioed, kind of portly, kind of you know the the you know brunt of the jokes kind of Watson. Um, so other Watson, you know, the way that Beaton you know draws him is this kind of idiot who you know he finds like he's like looking for clues and Sherlock's just like oh good job other Watson and he finds like a jar of jam and he's just like a clue and Sherlock's like no that's jam and he just opens it and like starts eating it out of the jar <laughs> and it's just really funny and what what the fan what the BBC fandom did was kind of take that and just kind of plop it right into the BBC show you know, into, you know, the memes and stuff going around about about the BBC show. So it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Other than maybe, like, maybe a similar place like the milk thing, you know, which the milk co- thing comes from the BBC show. The milk but, thing? Uh, milk. Just, like, get the milk, you know. Oh, okay. I wasn't you know. sure if there was something else in this. No, 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 no. Just the get the milk thing. Or, you know, either Sherlock's, like, get milk and Donna's like, you never get milk. Or whatever. I don't know. There's some exchange like that. Um. But yeah, so that, that's where the jam thing comes from. So I, I appreciate the jam thing. Um, I, I I think it's very funny. Um, you I know, maybe overused, but what memes aren't overused once they're around for you know two years or a year and a half or however long? I like uh, Red Pants Mondays. Oh God, yeah, Red Pants Monday. Like that is the like I think pinnacle. <laughs> Do you want to uh, explain Red Pants Mondays? Sure. I mean, for people who don't know, um, Reaper Sun is a um, an artist who is on Tumblr, very well known for her Sherlock stuff. She works for Gaia Online. Um, she's a fabulous artist. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I totally envy what she does and how she does it. And it looks, what she does, like, it, you have to check out her art. Um, it looks so effortless. But, she, you know, she's put in so many hours of working on her art. Um, and it, it, it shows because it's so good. And her anatomy, you know, it's very... Um, her art's very anime inspired, but her anatomy is like super, you know, I, I don't know. It's so good. It's just so good. She's so good, you know? I, I don't want it to sound like, it may have just sounded like I was saying that anime and correct anatomy were ex- like exclusive from one another, but they're not. Like, I'm just saying, like, you can, you can just look at her art and see that it's anime inspired. Um, 
person, but she, and so it's a little cartoony, but she also has this very good grasp of like anatomy and a very good grasp of storytelling and like character acting and stuff like that. So even in like a single image, you can get an entire story from her characters. Um, but anyway, um, so she's very talented anyway. Um, how Red Pants Monday came about, um, and if you're not familiar with it, it's the idea that John Watson wears red briefs, um, which is something that Reaper Sun did. And I remember, like, when she posted this image, because it was pretty awesome, um, and you should definitely check it out. Um, there's, I think it was a kind of, it was a bondage image of John Watson, and he's wearing red briefs, and you know, maybe somebody asked or maybe she just said like in the, in the, in, in her comment or whatever, she just put him in red briefs because she felt like it was kind of cute and a little out of character for him. So why not, you know, bright red Y fronts, you know, and it didn't take off right away from what I remember. I mean, I know people started drawing that and started that kind of became, you know, a headcanon for a lot of people um, and a big part of the fandom, but, but uh, you know, it feels like the, the explosion of like, the red pants thing kind of happened a little bit later on, um, but she's, she's the one who started it um, hands down. And it's just, it, I don't know. It's charming for some reason. The idea that, that John, this military man would be wearing, you know, red briefs. <laughs> Cause it seems like a very young thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. And it's cute and it's precious. And it, it sort of kind of evolved into where, like, is there a reason why it was Mondays? Was it just something to help us kick off the work? I think it was, like, which came first? Did Red Pants Monday or Penis Friday come first? I forget. Oh, but I we had it. Thursday. There was Thursday. Yeah, and then there's Supernatural was Tuesday. Yeah, and I mean, Castiel being, like, the angel of Thursdays or whatever. Like, like there was already in place that idea of, like, assigning days to... And then so- Sunday is Harry Potter. It, what is? Sunday. Oh, really? What in here, Potter? It's just that one of the Dursley uncle, and he's just like, good day, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Supernatural having Tuesday, because it's Hitch- Tuesday again. And Hitchhikers you know. has uh, a day. I think Hitchhikers shares with uh, Thursday. Oh, yeah, I never could get the hang of Thursdays, yeah. Yeah. I don't, what's Wednesday? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I feel like there's Thursday. a Wednesday. I'm <laughs> just waiting till Thursday. That's a Wednesday. Yeah, and then I think Saturday is just, like, night blogging, party night. But, um, yeah. I I think Penis Friday came first, because I'm pretty, I remember, I think, asking why Monday, why not Friday, and someone asked, um, someone, I, it was either Reaper or, or someone else answered to my comment, there was already Penis Friday. Oh, okay, so it was already around, yeah. 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 So, I mean, maybe that's it, not that it would have necessarily... Because Penis Friday is kind of everything. Yeah, someone who's like never been on Tumblr is listening to us going, what do you mean there's days of the week? <laughs> <laughs> Just when there's like, and especially I think it, it's more prevalent with Red Pants Monday than anything else, that there's, you know, people post a lot of, you know, and I've done a couple of Red Pants fan art, definitely. And they're beautiful. Cool. They're, they're probably, you'll probably find them on Watson Blogs more easily than anything else. Or, or check my Sherlock art tag on on jackie makes comics that's my tumblr url i don't know if i've mentioned it at all i will like i was gonna ask you at the end like you can like oh sure, say sure. anything any twitter or anything but i was gonna also get in but uh, add it to the show notes cool cool, cool. But you um, don't know how many times and then i'll be in the middle of the show and be like and on my tumblr geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com haha you'll find blah 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 and then like that's not be like not to pet myself out more <laughs> but my tumblr is i don't worry 
So yeah, um, so so yeah, I don't know. So yeah, red pants is pretty prevalent, and it's like even like the actors and create show creators know about it. Um, <laughs> which I have, I have mixed, I you know thoughts about that, but you know. Oh no, please! I would love love to hear these mixed thoughts because I I I love the idea that Martin and uh, Amanda Abington will sit down when they're bored and go on Tumblr. Oh, totally. Yeah. But at the same time, I. I think it's okay when they stick it out. I have a problem when people bring them porn. Uh, that's when I have an issue with it. Like, I think it, it kind of... It... Not to say that they're seeking out porn, but they, they're seeking out those fans. If they seek it out themselves, then that's fine. Like, and if I was a creator, honestly, with, like, you know, the, the stories I want to tell and stuff, like, my own characters, like, I, if people, honestly, if people start shipping my characters and, like, do art of it, like, fan art, and, you know, if they do slash or whatever, you know, start you know, making their own, like, writing fix. If I did anything that was so popular that that started happening, I would be so, like, flattered. Flabbergasted. Well, flabbergasted, but flattered. I'd be super flattered. You know, I mean, people love my stuff enough for, you know, that, for them to do that. Like, I mean, there's nothing more flattering. It, 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 but I'm also, I'm aware of how fandom works and the mentality. Mm-hmm. Now, when you go to people who, like, like, you know, these show creators who really have no idea about it. And that's something that I do love about the supernatural fandom, like not fandom, but the supernatural creators is that they are like fully aware of all of it and, you know, encourage it. And they even like bring it up in the show and everything. And I think that's a cool way to handle it. Um, But yeah, I mean, just bringing them porn and like, I don't know. I I really, you know, the, the, the fact that Martin knows about red pants Monday or red, red pants, the whole red pants thing doesn't really bother me because you know he probably found out about it like you know a ton of different ways because the internet exists mm-hmm. but i mean i just it's so i've been to plenty of cons when people stand up at the mic and ask those questions that you're just like oh don't ask that question don't be that that person that makes us all look crazy you know so yeah i don't know so that's why i say i have mixed feelings about um, I had a point. I'm trying to remember it. Oh god, I got distracted because because um, you're playing solitaire. Well, no, actually, this time um, I've been, I've been having a little bit of trouble with my queue, not always posting on Tumblr. Oh no! I uh, I was checking it because I was also <laughs> I was going to go look at Reaper's Son to see if I could find that comment about Penis Friday or Monday, and then I just got distracted by Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> There's no excuse. I just got distracted. <laughs> Um, oh, but you just said something. Uh, uh, yes, I agree with all of it, because I can't remember what point I had. <laughs> so, yes, good job, Jackie. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a beautiful thing that, like, fandom exists and that we create stuff outside of outside of what the, sh- what the shows or what the books or whatever have given us. I mean, I'll tell you right now, again, I, I was not involved in fandom until recently, but I didn't realize how much of the fandomy things I did, even growing up, like with comics, like I would have headcanons and I would like basically write scenarios like between the X-Men that like were happening. And I had like my OCs and I had basically kind of writing fanfic in a way. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was doing it. I also shipped characters. I didn't know that I was shipping them. You know, I didn't know that it was like was called that. I didn't know that it was a thing, you know, I just thought that that was that I thought that these two characters should get together. And that's actually kind of how I prefer to look at shipping. Like it's no different than when you watch a rom-com and you're like, God, I hope these characters get together. Like that's, it's really, 
no no different. You know, like people may who are outside of fandom may, may think that shipping is weird, but it's really not. You're seeing something. You know, your dedication to the source material is such that you, you're seeing something there with the characters and something there with the writing that's, that's that can be really wonderful. Um, I ever heard it described as was uh, my friend uh, Potter George. He's one of the two guys who created Harry and the Potters. Um, oh, cool. Giselle was a rock fan. Um, he said it uh, talking about the Harry Potter fandom that everybody's a fan of something, whether it's a band or uh, a baseball team or a TV show or a movie. We just happen to be fans of a book. So, yeah. I mean, we all already do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just our passion, I think, kind of sets us apart a lot of the time. Like, our passion and our willingness to talk about it, you know? Yeah, and and finding those people. Yeah. I, that's one thing I, I, I like about fandom, too, is I I have a really... I, I talked to you about it, but I, I have a really close friend of mine that I've kind of lost a little bit of distance with. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, 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 that's why I was so happy to find the, the Sherlock fandom, because I was kind of like in this floundering state of all my own, but I had all these feelings, and yeah. uh, I, I, I'm just now getting out of that with the Once Upon a Time fandom, because I had no one to talk to, and I'm like, but it's so good, and I have no uh, one to talk to, and I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, yeah, well, that's hard, yeah. We um, have teas. What? We have tea. We do have tea, that's true. <laughs> Come to us, we have the tea. We have plenty of tea, especially Kara. Kara, I think, has more tea than she could drink in five years. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, she has drawers and drawers. Yeah, now, as far as, like, fandom stuff goes, like, like fan art, awesome. I love it. I love fan art. I love that it exists. I love, you know, all of it. It's it's all good as far as I'm concerned. Um, same with fic. I love fic, even if it's not, like... A, a, like necessarily a pairing I like or whatever like I love that it exists you know mm-hmm. and I think that fic makes good you know good writers better and I think it, it's so good you know um, I, I use fanfic to practice writing oh god yes because oh, I, I can try then like different character types I can try um different I, I, I remember I, I was writing a fight scene for the first time, and I realized, I, you know, I never wrote a fight scene before. Yeah. And yeah. I, I made sure to put in my author's notes, so, you know, like, this is my first time writing this. I would love feedback. Yeah. If you know what I'm doing right. That's awesome. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, and that's why I sometimes get very aggravated when I see artists who don't like fanfic and fan art. Like, Anne Rice will, uh, like, was going to sue fanfiction.net for people writing fanfiction on there. But how, I don't know how you can sue, I mean, I guess there, there has to be a way, um, I suppose. If you like, they had to take down all the Vampire Chronicles stories, and they're not allowed to put them up there. But, like, if you're not making money on it, I don't understand how you can sue, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, I would never, I really don't think I would ever, if, if it was, like, so, if it was something out there that was so, I don't, I don't know, I mean, it's freedom of speech, isn't it? I don't know. It's one thing if, like, you know, they're trying to sell it. Well, yeah, if they're trying to sell it, that's a different situation. But then but then, where's the line with, like, if, fan comics, if, then? What? Where's the line, then, with fan comics, then? Uh, well, that, yeah, that is a thing that I do have to think about a lot. Um, that's a that's a serious issue um, in comics. You do have to be careful. Um, I think the main thing is distribution. If you're distributing, if you're selling stuff online by, like, large numbers then that's different. Like, if I, like, had a mini-comic where I was 
selling hundreds of copies of, like, my own personal Wolverine and Rogue story. Like, I would get the shit sued out of me. Like, th- that would not happen. Now, if I have a sketchbook that I sell at cons, which a sketchbook, if, if you're not familiar, is usually what we refer to it as. Um, it's a like a basically a mini comic or like a collection of sketches from our sketchbooks, which oftentimes includes like you know intellectual property or like characters that that you know are, are copyrighted or whatever. Um, but if you're just selling those at cons, like you're selling maybe 40 of them tops. Like I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Again, it depends on who you are and what what it is, but. Um, but you're not going to really run into any, like, bad situations there, you know? You just, I mean, you want to be smart about it. You don't want to step on any toes of, like, a huge corporation that can ruin your life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's comics. That's the comics side of that. Uh, I know a very Potter musical ran into that because originally it was called the, uh, the Harry Potter musical. Yeah, it was called Harry Potter the musical, yeah. 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 And that was, dude, I'm, I was so happy when I came on Tumblr and people were, like, into it because I got, God, whenever it came out, like, when it only had, like, a thousand views or something, my friend Courtney, like, turned me on to it. And I was, like, and we both were, like, she had found it and she had watched um, Harry Potter the musical and, you know, it was before they had to edit out certain things, like the thing, like the dick jokes with, like, the sword, and, like, before they had to bleep Voldemort saying, I'm going to hunt down Harry Potter and piss in his mouth, like, <laughs> like before they had to make those edits, like, like my friend turned me on to it, and I was like, this is amazing, and, and I saw it grow in popularity, and then, yeah, yeah, and then they had to, of course, they got too popular, yeah. So, yeah, but that may have been copyright infringement for several reasons, so, yeah, I, I don't know. So, again, I don't know where the line is drawn. When it was a 1,000 views, it wasn't a big deal. When it was, like, however many hundreds of thousands of views, that's when it's a big deal. Because it, it, it was a big problem for a while there with the whole entire Wizard Rock fandom. Um, Harry and the Potter, you know, got a few, like, Joe and Paul got a few letters, like, talking about, like, you know, you have to cease and desist. And it was finally, like, you know, J.K. Rowling going, no, this is cool. Let him do it. I, I like this. And they were yeah. like, okay. But even then, Warner Brothers, on occasion... Um, you know, we'll do a few little things to kind of go around J.K. Rowling in a way. Yeah. What do you mean as far as, like, to go around her? Uh, um, when I used to work with the Harry Potter Alliance, uh, we were working on this um, one campaign with the, you know, the chocolate frog candy? Yeah. It's not, um, it's not, what's it called? My brain just stopped. It's not, um, labor-free chocolate. And it's not free chocolate? What? It's not what free chocolate? Uh, uh, labor free. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's made from beans in Africa where they use, like, child labor. Oh. And, um, and, and where people, and, like, indentured servants and people who are not getting paid. Like, that's where the beans for Warner Brothers chocolate frogs come from. Oh, wow, yeah. And, um, you know, we, I, it's still an ongoing campaign. It's not resolved yet. J.K. Rowling has kind of, you know, sent them a couple letters, like, that's not cool, but they still haven't ceased and desist with it yet. Right, yeah, and I mean, the problem with that is that as much as Rowling would like to change things, I mean, she she is kind of, it, it would, you know, you may own this property, but you're at the mercy of this huge corporation who also owns this property, you know what I mean? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, like she can't just be like, no, stop it, because there's, like, tons of other people she has to answer to, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, well, that sucks. So, Sherlock Holmes! <laughs> Sherlock! Um, 
I guess a lot, uh, well, I wanted to ask you about the crossovers. What do you think of them? Because that's my favorite. Like, like we're talking, like, crossovers. Like, Super Who Lock, Cabin Lock, Super Who Avengers Lock. I'll tell you right now. Okay. Here's my relationship with, with fanfic. I was aware of it. I did not read any fanfic until I got onto Tumblr. Okay, no, when the last Harry Potter movie came out. And I was like, there was a hole in my heart. And I had some fic. And so I asked a friend. I think I asked. Kara, um, yeah, no, I asked Kara, I was like, do you know any good Harry Potter fanfic? So she turned me on to some good ones, um, but even then, I was not that into fanfic. I was still like, this is not Harry Potter, you know? Um, and, but I read it, and I, and I, it actually grew on me, and, and I say, like, this isn't Harry Potter, but then, you know, I found some really good ones. Um, but then, when I started watching Sherlock and getting into Sherlock fic, like, that's when I started really getting into it. Um, I will say it took me a while to even like AUs at all. Like I typically like stuff that was pretty canon um, with the show or with whatever version. Um, and it took me reading a lot, a lot of them and getting really used to fanfic to, to really start appreciating AUs and crossovers and stuff. Um, I just started getting into Supernatural and by just, I mean the past like, you know, three or four months. I don't know. Whenever it started. Um, watching the show, I pretty much started reading fanfic right away, because um, I already, you know, was, wait, wait, did I mention Sherlock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah, so the AU thing. Um, and I'll, I'll say with Supernatural, I really don't like AUs at all. Um, it's it's really weird. But I just started reading some Superlock, some, like, Supernatural Sherlock crossover, and I'm really enjoying it, like, a lot. Um, so, yeah, I'm, again, I'm totally down with you know with AUs with 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 crossovers and everything I think the fact that I've gotten into fan fiction so late um and and getting used to it and and kind of you know being able to keep it separate from the show like I'm getting more and more used to to AUs and crossovers I don't know (laughs) now I think I just talked myself into like a little spiral (laughs) no no I I completely followed my favorite is definitely the cabin lock because I love the whole cross oh, okay. with cabin pressure and Sherlock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I think that's so cute. I think that's precious. I like. Uh, I'll have to send you a really good one. Uh, yeah, my personal favorite is one where it's uh, Martin is their half brother. Uh huh. Okay. It's Sherlock and Mycroft's half brother. It he um, and it starts from the time where he meets them because like his, like his their dad had an affair with Martin's mom. Uh huh. And so it starts from the time where they, he meets them, and, like, Martin's four, and Sherlock's, like, you know, I think, like, six or seven, and Mycroft's, you know, much older. Yeah. And it goes from that point all the way up to, like, the show and covering, like, their entire lives. Yeah. It's it's super good. <laughs> cool, not as much, but that that still oh. is good. Yeah, I kind of, when I got into Sherlock thick, I think I started with, I still, everybody is going to... I'm going to get crucified. I still have not read Alone on the Water. I haven't read it either. It's okay. Oh, my God, because I don't want to cry. Um, but I, what really, really got me into it was the progress of Sherlock Holmes. Like, I loved loved that one. Super angsty, which I would not have expected of myself um, to love angst as much as I do. Um, but I do – I always want them to get together. Um, and, and the sensation of falling as you just hit sleep, like, so good. And I got – and I found um, – and I found Immigrant through Cure for Boredom, which seems pretty typical because Cure for Boredom is so big. Um, and so I love that one. Of course, angsty a little bit, but but very, like, here's my thing, my main thing. 
I can, I'm at the point where, like, any, like, I, I will pretty much enjoy a fanfic if it is well-written, um, and if there's a pairing that I like, um, that I personally like, and it, as long as it's not super out of character, you know what I mean? Like, it, like as soon as it gets really, really out of character, I'm just, like, ugh, like, I get kind of frustrated with it. I think that's about so. the hard point, because I've been writing a crossover fic, and, well, I haven't touched it since... October, because I've been so busy, but, um, I'm in the process of writing Crossover Effect, and I think that's the hardest part, is trying to kind of keep it in character sure. while putting these characters from two totally different worlds together. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny, because I like, like, certain interpretations of, of characters and how they are. Like, I love, 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 you know, have you read the Road Trip series? Yes, yes, those are my other favorites. Oh you my god, her? I love them. Do you know her? Okay, so, I, before the Sherlock panel, before she walked up there, and I realized, like, someone told me who she was, I, was, I, I, I looked right at her, and I went, oh, my God, you yeah. like my favorite fanfic. <laughs> and she was like, I want to talk to you afterwards, and then we never talked. I don't even know her name or her Tumblr name or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It kind of happened. Um, Do you like, know her? Yeah, I know Sasha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and I kind of became friends. Um, it was a weird kind of thing where, like, I had drawn fan art of the Road Trip series, which, oh, my God, you guys, look it up. It's so good. It's so charming. It's such a good one. Um, uh, but, like, I had done fan art, and I just, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even following her on Tumblr at the time because I didn't know who she was because her name isn't the same on Tumblr as it is um, as her fic writing name. Um, uh, and so I tagged, I think I tagged Stupid Drawings um, or I tagged, like, the Road Trip series or something, and somehow she saw it. And I had said something like, oh, this fic is my favorite fic, you know, uh, my favorite Sherlock fic, because it's, seriously, it's one that I will go back to and read again and again. Same so, here. Um, yeah, and um, and she commented on it or reblogged it or something and was and said something like, oh, flattery will get you everywhere. And I was like, oh, I was like, we are friends now. <laughs> so I sort of started talking to her that way. And it was right before TimeGate last year, which TimeGate is this con in town, which is fairly small, but it's Stargate and Doctor Who um, con, which is going to be in the same place as 221B con um, is going to be this year. Uh, but anyway, so I knew she was coming in town for that. And I was like, um, I want to meet you and hang out, whatever. But, you know, it's not like I knew her at that point. Um but she and I have a mutual friend who I, you know, who I've gotten to be really good friends with. She's one of my cosplay friends. Um, and, you know, when I mentioned her, when I just happened to mention Sasha, when we were, like, all hanging out one night, um, my friend Lindsay was like, oh, I know Sasha. And I was like, make us be friends. Mm -hmm. Like, that's amazing. So that's, like, like, and so then when I did meet her at TimeGate, like, you know, we're all there and, like, I know Lindsay and I you know, wanted to know Sasha. Like, we were still, I think, a little awkward. But then, like, I don't know, she and I have become, I think, pretty good friends, considering that we live, like, you know, way far away from each other and, like, have ever seen or hung out with each other, like, three times, two times, something like that. I'm going to pull one of those that you put on your friends. You don't have to make us be friends, but I at least want her Tumblr, because I've been looking for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's her, her Tumblr name is Sasha for the win. But she's awesome. She's just, uh, I adore Sasha. She's great. And she's an amazing cosplayer. Um, and she and I got to hang out a little bit during Dragon Con this past year. Uh, she's just rad. And I'm excited to hang out with her again at 221B. And if I go up to C2E2, I might crash on her floor. <laughs> of course. 
We'll see. We'll see. I'm so excited about two two on D. Except for I'm I'm gonna be in that position where I'm just not gonna be able to talk to anybody. I'm just gonna be just sitting there just going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's okay. No, you won't. You'll be able to talk to people. It'll be fun. Everybody will like the same thing. I'm a little concerned with two two one B. I'm like like not concerned with it. I'm super excited to be there. I just don't want the super fandomy people to put off. You know the people who are there for like. Who, who don't know about the fandom at all. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I want it to stay classy, and I definitely want the fandom stuff to be present. Um, obviously, like, I'm big into the fan art, you know, part of it and fic and stuff, but um, I, 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 don't, I don't want... I want it to stay classy, you know? And I know that the people who are running it are so amazing. They're the best, um, and they're keeping it, like, super classy. I'm just... I, I, I want to make sure everybody keeps it classy the whole time. I think the problem I'm having uh, is I'm uh, not the problem, but like the nerves I'm having is uh-huh. that there's a lot of people that I really admired that's going to be there, like sure. like Lindsay Fay. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what did she do? Uh, she wrote. Um, uh, oh, now that you asked me, I can't remember her name. Uh, Destined Shadows, a Sherlock Holmes book. Oh, uh, really? Oh, I don't know it. I uh, it's uh, Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper. Oh, that sounds bad. And I started reading it, and then I ended up like, not being able to read it because I had to finish doing other stuff, and then I had to return it to the library, and I just haven't checked it back out again. But, um, yeah, and she's coming. She's actually, I think, coming to our tea party. Oh, that's rad. That's so cool. So I'm a little bit nervous on that front. And then on the other front, I'm nervous because of the bigger shoe babes, who I know are the most, like, most nicest, approachable people ever. But from just, like, you know, one podcaster to another, and I love their show, I'm just yeah. going to be like one of those things, like, I have a podcast too. You oh, no. probably shouldn't listen to it. Yeah, no, no, no. That's very, believe me, when I meet, like, other comic artists or writers or whatever, I'm like, hey, hey, friends, let's be friends. I don't know, I'm excited. Yeah, there's people I'm excited to meet at 221B. I'm excited to meet Mad Lori. I don't, I don't, I don't think she knows who I am at all. Um, but, but I, I want, I want to meet her. She seems nice. So, Jackie. Hey, what's hey. up? What do you want from season three? <sighs> Like I said, I would love for there to be a reveal that, like, Sebastian and John know each other. I would love for us to, it, for, for it to open up with, you know, seeing how John and Sherlock are dealing with everything. And then they have to go on an adventure and save, you know, John and kill Moran, even if they don't kill him, at least defeat him in that episode. Um, as far as overall, what I'd like to see, like, would I like to see Mary Morrison come into it? I don't know. I have a ah, 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 that. that was the thing forever ago about Molly that I couldn't remember if I wanted to ask you or not. Oh, what was it? Do you think Molly is Mary Morrison's character? Um, I, I feel like that's kind of doubtful because why wouldn't they just? Oh, but Molly could be another. But her name is Molly Hooper. You yeah. Know? Do you think that she's supposed to be that character type and will eventually like transfer away from? I don't know. I haven't seen any chemistry between John and Molly necessarily, as far as like, like what they might be writing on the show. Like, that, I think that's actually a big like fandom thing that Molly's going to eventually be married and then get married to John. I don't yeah, see it. It's not my head canon, but I mean that John is no, and that's fine. I to- again totally down with those head cannons. Totally down with them being shipped together. I kind of love them being shipped together. But if we're talking about in the context of the show, like, would that mean that John was, like, you know, seconds? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like whoever Mary is, if they do bring her into the show, 
she will have to be awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or she'll have to be somebody that we hate who is get gotten rid of right away. I kind of, I, uh, I have mixed. Okay. If the, sh- if series three opens up with John being married to Mary, I think it would feel a little awkward. I mean, I think it would honestly make so much sense that he would have gotten married during this interim. Um, and if he does, and if she is there in his life, I feel like she has to go on adventures with them. But then that would feel weird, and that would feel, like, disingenuous to – not disingenuous. What am I saying? That would, that would feel weird, and it would feel like we're trying to fit this third person in here when it should be – the first episode should be about John and Sherlock, you know, re, you know rekindling their friendship, you know, and getting kind of back together. And John being able to forgive him, you know? So, I mean, there's that. Um, I mean, there's been discussion about maybe, like, the the whole first episode happens, and then at the very end, John is like, oh, by the way, I get married. Or I got married, and this is my wife. Um, I find that to be questionable because, I mean, first of all, he'd have a wedding band, so Sherlock would know and see it. (laughs) Um uh, also, like, if if they are going to do the thing where they open it up with us checking in on John and seeing how he's been handling the last three years, like, we'll see Mary then. So, I mean, then, then she would be there at the very beginning. Um, I would not mind, you know, when I say this kind of hypothetically, because I don't really know until I see it, but I, I kind of would not mind if Mary is introduced, like, in the second episode, and, you know, she and John's you know, romance kind of grows and maybe he doesn't get married this season, but maybe proposes or maybe it's moving in that direction. I would like that. I I don't want it to be one of those things that it's thrown into and it's really fast. I I think it would have to be something I would actually want it to be last season, whatever they make the last season being, hopefully I'm not shooting myself in the foot and this is happens to be the last season. I hope not. Um, But I, I, I would like to see her, you know, come in and go out and come in, come in and, like, kind of grow. And that way she can kind of grow with Sherlock as well and, yeah. like, that friendship. And then it's yeah. the last season and it ends with John's wedding. I would lo- yeah, I would love for, like, a totally vamped Mary to come into it. But she has to be awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, to- I'm not against it. I-, I want it to be handled well, and I don't want it to feel like it's infringing on John and Sherlock's reunion is my big thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. What else would you like to see from uh, season three? Any any character changes, character developments? Any? Do you uh, want to see uh, Sherlock and uh, Mycroft's reunion? I would like to see Anderson get married to a dinosaur, <laughs> um, but a pterodactyl, so that he can ride around on his back and fly through the air. That would be awesome. Okay. Um, no, as far as other characters and stuff, I mean, I definitely want Mycroft in there. I want to see. Okay, okay, things I want to see. I want to see Mycroft's level of involvement with Reichenbach. I want to see Molly, you know, her level of involvement and what she and, and and I would love to see her and Sherlock have, you know, kept in contact and for her to have been, you know, there for him while he's kind of on the, on the lamb or whatever, while he's in hiding or whatever, not on the lamb. Um, I would love, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, the reveal about how he survived the fall, which I think is kind of obvious, but um, but brilliant, brilliant, but, but you know, pretty 
obvious. I, I think people put so much thought into it. I mean, there's like little details about like the laundry truck and did he roll out and did he do this or did he do that? Um, I think obviously part of Molly's role was to, you know, declare him deceased when, I mean, you have to have somebody on the inside basically declaring you deceased when you're obviously not actually dead. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I want to see that whole thing. I'd love to see, you know, a montage of like Sherlock planning it all out and kind of like the role that everybody plays. Like that would be rad. My um, my only thing about it is that I think whatever they originally decide for the end for how he survived the fall, it's going to yeah. be a fandom splitting thing because I think it's either going to be so simple we should have saw it. It's going to be right on the money, or it's going to be so complex that we're just like, okay, there's our Doctor Who writers. <laughs> Well, I think, yeah, no, yeah, well, exactly. I think, I think what it is is I think the, the fandom's already deduced it. I mean, I really, I'd be super surprised if they threw something at us that was completely new that no one thought about. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm very sure, like, um, that, that it's been deduced already. What's the Tumblr? Is it, is it the final problem? Tumblr? I forget. Um, but that wrote some really great meta on it. Just, analyzing the scene and everything and, and all that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we've already figured it out. It's just the details, like, how do they all fit together, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in, the, in the, the, the puzzling comment that I think Moffat made, was it Moffat or Gatiss? I, 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 gosh, where he was like, um, a big clue is, like, the one time Sherlock acts, like, really out of character. I mean, that could refer to its <laughs> I did that with Moffat, and I think my favorite answer to that was, well, he jumped off a building. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, he could be trolling us with that. It could be a small thing like him throwing the phone down, which I think, you know, and I definitely think Sherlock ensured ways for him to be exonerated from whatever kind of, I don't know if there would be charges against him, but, like, his disgrace, like, for him to be proven as being an actual genius and for, for him to be proven as not being, you know, a fraud. I mean, throwing his phone down instead of just putting it back in his pocket. I mean, he's leaving the phone for, you know, maybe Mycroft's people to find so that he has that recording with Moriarty on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Assuming that he recorded the conversation, which I think makes total sense, you know? And 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 so I think that the thing, again, that the fandom has deduced i think you know oh that's out of character thing maybe he threw his phone down oh was it when he asked for anderson like it was it that when he was acting out of character was it you know who knows you know it could be any little thing it could be nothing and we could be getting trolled i have no idea um, regardless i mean it'll be brilliant regardless i think it's just that we've got a lot of brilliant minds watching this show and 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 kind of pulling it apart and and, and deducing what they see and and yeah so I, th- I think the answer the answer is is already out there kind of thing do you uh, hope it's really simple or really obvious or anything like that as far as like how he survived the fall yeah i mean i think he landed in the laundry truck i mean if not in the laundry truck then maybe in one of those laundry those big blue like things on wheels that's a much smaller space to hit but maybe a little bit more doable, maybe. Um, so, I mean, I think he obviously landed on something soft. I don't think he just hit the pavement. I find it really hard to believe that 
he used a body double or something like that. I, I really find that hard to believe. The thing is, is that we see it hit the ground. That because I, I think he but that could be him jumping out of, you know, the cart or out of the laundry truck onto the ground. You know, that's still a fall. That's still hitting the ground. So that's why I say like, like, like I think it could be that. You know, and the timing, of course, has to look like you just hit. Otherwise, I mean, us, the audience, are like, okay, what happened that split second where, like, oh, he fell? That is true. Oh, we see him fall, and then it just goes to him hitting. We don't actually see that. There's about probably, like, a good 10, 15-foot distance that we don't see him fall. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so there's that. And, again, about him hitting the pavement. I mean, he's got to hit the pavement regardless, you know, and it's got to sell to the audience that he hit the pavement. Now, I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he used a body double and, you know, and somebody um, said, one of my friends who's an, who's an editor uh, for, for a comic book company um, mentioned that, and I can neither confirm or deny because I can honestly say I've not gone back and tested it, but um, she said that the, there's like a certain song or certain noise or something that is playing at um, Do's Hall, uh, duels. Wait. Oh God. What is it? Is it duels hollow? Oh, the uh, the hollow in um. Yeah, in Baskerville. It's yeah. duels, right? Duels. Do I? I think it's do doers. Do duel. Du- I yeah. It's something like. Anyway, so the, yeah, a certain noise that's playing there when like they're all all under the effect of the gas. And she said that that same noise or that same song or that same tone or something is playing when John gets hit by the by the biker. Um, oh, like, yeah. So, I mean, that could suggest that he's been drugged in some way just to affect, just that he sees what he thinks he's going to see. And he thinks he's going to see a dead Sherlock. So, if it is a body double, you know, then that could still be plausible that John is seeing Sherlock dead there on the ground because that's what he expects to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that argument is strengthened by the fact that when they're rolling the body away, there is that split second where it's not Benedict Cumberbatch on the stretcher. It's a totally different person who doesn't even have blood on their face. Now, I, I can't imagine that they wouldn't have a body double with blood on their face, because why not just have a body double with blood, you know, to sell it a little bit more. But, you know, mm-hmm. um, so there's that. I mean, but then, you know, they've. The, the whole ball trick with the little blue ball and maybe putting it under Sherlock's arm to, you know, to stop his pulse or to slow it down so much that John doesn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's also a clue there. So, I mean, these could go in different directions. Um, and I'm totally down with what, whatever they decide or whatever has been decided, whatever happened. Um, I think it's likely that Sherlock landed on something soft, the laundry truck, um, now, the laundry truck pulling away, does that indicate that, you know, that that, that, that is a body double on the ground there um, and that Sherlock is safe in the laundry truck pulling away? Or is it just pulling away to kind of clear the area and so that, you know, there's not a possibility of any kind of evidence of like, oh, maybe Sherlock jumped in there and then jumped out. I don't know. I don't have a clue. Um, but I, I, my safe guess would be that Sherlock landed in something soft, rolled out onto the pavement, um, and did the ball trick to slow down his pulse. 
you know, and I think that's even more heartbreaking because then, yeah, Sherlock's laying there on the ground pretending to be dead while his best friend is trying to get to him and saying that maybe the angst lover in me is like, I want that. I want Sherlock to have seen that and to be, have been that close to John when John's, you know, you know, you know, freaking out about his friend being dead on the ground. Oh, you know, like. I I honestly have no idea what my Reichenbach theory is because I, I there's so many that I like I yeah. can't just quite settle on one and I and I also kind of just don't want to like get my heart set on one and then find out I'm wrong because then I'm not gonna like it <laughs> it's a little <laughs> bit of a narcissistic thing I'm like but I like my ideas <laughs> yeah no and I'm cool with being wrong I just I want it to make sense and to be in, be smart and it will be both of those things it will make sense it will be very smart and that's the but other really reason why i can't settle on one because what happens is is like i'll start settling on one that i like but then another one will bring to the table a really good argument that's yeah. not there that's not the same as the first one and then so i just i haven't been able just to stick to one i have a couple ideas but not just yeah. I, I, I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you. I think the truck has a lot to do with it. I don't know if there's a second body or not. I never heard that thing about the sound in Baskerville and the sound in Reichenbach. And again, I, like, it's a, the kind of thing where I really need to go back and listen to both scenes. Um, but, yeah, she's not the type of person to, to, you know, and now it's all, like, hearsay as far as what I'm saying, what I'm saying she said. But, um, I mean, that's that's an interesting theory, though, you know. I have uh, just... One uh one and a half more points for you because it kind of goes into this. Sure, what's up? All right, so what do you think of Rat Wedding and Bow? And with Bow, do you think it's the end of season, the end of the show? I mean, I don't know. Here's the thing. I honestly, as far as season, series three goes, I have not read a lot up on it or a lot of fan theories. I just haven't. I, I mean, aside from like how Sherlock survived the fall. I really haven't read much about it at all. Um, so, I, I, you know, because I kind of didn't, even early on, like, I didn't want to start thinking about it too soon and start getting, and that's why I'm totally, like, you know, whatever they come up with, I'm cool with, you know. I don't I don't want to start assuming things. I think, you know, the rat, I mean, it's the there's that uh, story, the Sumatran rat or whatever, and doesn't that have a ran in it? I, I don't know if it has Moran in it. Um, I I do know that uh, Allison told me that Moran was described as a rat. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I don't know because I have not got to those stories yet. So I mean that that I mean some ver I mean obviously the the first episode has to be the the empty house. I don't know. I don't know. I really I don't know. But we wedding. already know that they've mixed uh, episodes together because Great uh, Great Games is a mix of a couple episodes. Right, exactly. I mean, then wedding seems so obvious that it's like, oh, John getting married to Mary Morrison, you know. Um, and I think they're purposely trolling us to make they, it they trolling us. But I mean, think about like what were the words for series two? One of them was woman. And it was we, uh, woman, uh, hound, and fall. So, I mean, those are so obvious. There's not even any kind of interpretation there. It's like, oh, Hound of Best Girls. Oh, the woman, who is Irene Adler, who everybody knows that. And the fall is the final problem. Like, like we we know, you know, like, that. so that's why part of me is like, okay, well, maybe these are just super literal, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a clue. <laughs> 
do you think it'll be the end of the series? With it, like, because the word bow? Um, or just in general, because, like, you know, Benedict and Martin's careers are both really picking up. I know, I know they really are, but they love making Sherlock. Um, I don't know. I mean, I could see them doing a fourth series. I really could. And I would really, really love for them to do it. Um, I don't know how they could wrap up this series as far as, like, ending it, other than... You know, I don't know. Either they keep adventuring together, or John goes off and lives his life, and Sherlock watches bees. Uh, <laughs> I mean, cause Benedict, Benedict even said that he would love to do this series well into his forties, which is like you know, like five, ten years from now. Yeah, yeah, and so that could be. I mean, I I would be down with them doing, you know, keep it, keep going with it as long as the stories are there, as long as the creative team is there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um. I would love it. I would love, love, love it. Um, and and my uh, my friend Shark pointed out, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, and and that this is one of BBC's uh, cash cows. They're okay. they're not going to drop it. They'll find a way to make it happen because of the fact that it has become so popular um, up there with Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, and we do forget that you know our our little fandom hearts do forget that this is a business and that. As long as it's it's financially viable, they're gonna want to make money on on these properties. So yeah, totally. Like like, yeah, I I can totally see them like keeping it going. You know, for that reason, among other reasons, but for that reason, it's the main one. <laughs> if it wasn't making money, we would not have be getting a third series. You know. And I mean, it's it's the same for like the My Little Pony fandom. I mean, it's it's owned by Hasbro. Hasbro makes toys. When we buy toys, we get more seasons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we were talking about that in depth at Dra- uh, Dragon Con, and I've been having that discussion recently that, like, something that... I mean, look at the Buffy, man. They're still making Buffy comics with IDW. Yeah, yeah. The show's been gone for how long? <laughs> like, forever, yeah. It's funny, I just started watching Buffy. Like, I watched, like, one episode the other day. I, I caught, like, bits and pieces of it. My older sister watched it, but I was just, like, just under the too young mark. And my mom wouldn't let me see it. But I, I caught it every once in a while with my sister growing up. Um, so I know about it, but I haven't actually just, like, sat and watched a lot of it. Everyone has the most amazing names. I'm just going to say that. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's one of my, like, bucket list things is to watch Buffy all the way. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think I think that's going to be the next show that I kind of, like, watch. I'm watching also watching the, like, UK version of Being Human. Um, and I just finished Torchwood, and I don't know. No, I'm working my way through Doctor Who. It's, it's just so so much, you know, and it's, it's all brilliant, but it's, um, a lot. It is. It really, it really is, like, takes up everything of your being. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. Too many feels. So what's your final verdict? End of this series, yes, no, I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, say, I would say, I would say not the end of the series. I would say that it's going to go on at least one more series, safely. Um, unless something crazy happens and Benedict and Martin just get way too busy and Everybody goes off and does different stuff, but they seem very dedicated to this property, very dedicated to this interpretation. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. I see it going on. Yeah, I, I would say at least till series four. Mm-hmm. I like I like that because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I don't want it to end either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's all I have. Oh. <laughs> This has been fun. This is good. I know. I, I, I really love having you on my show. I definitely will hit you up on my supernatural stuff. Yes. 
do you want to pimp yourself out anymore? Any Twitters, Tumblers? Sure, yeah. If you Instagram, I don't know, whatever you Sure. Find. Yeah, I mean, pretty much everything. You'll find me on DeviantArt. You'll find me, like, on Tumblr, my main Tumblr that I post on and that I talk on. And I post all my art on it, too, um, is Jackie Makes Comics. So that's Tumblr. That's my blog spot. That's my DeviantArt. That's, I don't know. I don't know if you just look up Jackie Makes Comics, you'll find it, I guess, or Jackie Lewis Comics. Um, if you just want to follow and see my art, just follow my Jackie Makes Art Tumblr. Um, but I don't post on it as often. Um, but, yeah, if you want to avoid my fandom stuff, which is mostly Supernatural or Sherlock stuff. Um, yeah. Jackie Makes Art? I didn't know you had a separate art bubble. Yeah. I just, I just yeah. follow Jackie Makes Comics. I mean, also on Jackie Makes Comics, like on the page I, I i have like my separate tags so i have like my sherlock art my supernatural art my adventure time art like so if you just want to go look through those and then just my art tag will have like all my art under it so yeah i mean if you're a fan of comics i again i work for oni press um had my book come out last year working on a new one with them um it's called play ball um super easy to find it's, it's a really good book it got nominated for a bunch of awards and it um it was on the Amelia Bloomer, you know, feminist literature uh, list this year, which is really, really cool. Um, Congratulations. I did not know that. I just found that out a couple weeks ago, which is great. I mean, it's so cool to be included on that list of so many, so much good literature. Um, but, yeah, um, as far as, like, just fandom blogs, oh, my God, I have so many Tumblrs, you guys, but I, I post on all of them. Um, I just had a small, like, little, like, like, like cheer for you because I was like okay I'm gonna put a link to where someone and I could find play ball and I I google it and like your name's on Amazon Jackie <laughs> I just had a moment do you know <laughs> like when I can I know somebody on Amazon like, yeah I kind of freaked out when like yeah the book went up on Amazon I was like oh like kind of freaking out a little bit um so yeah if you want to follow my snake one which I again I don't post on very often but if you want to just go check it out um, it's sincerelyseverus.tumblr. Um, my my John Watson Ask blog is Watson Blogs. My Supernatural blog is A Hunter Needs His Wingman. Um, so I just post a lot of Supernatural stuff on there. And obviously, I'm a, I'm a huge Dusty L shipper. Um, I totally adore other ships and everything, but oh my god, I'm such a big Dusty shipper. Uh, shipper. It's not even funny. Um, don't worry, dear listeners. I'm writing this all down, and they will be in the show notes. Yeah, and my Twitter handle is actually Aki Makes Comics without the J or the E in Jackie, because Jackie wouldn't fit all the way. And my friends call me Aki, or at least used to. It's kind of a thing that people don't do anymore, and it was kind of weird when people stopped doing it. I did not know that backstory. I've been listening. That's that's some that's some Jackie origin story there for you. What makes Jackie, Jackie? Maybe next time on Hope of All Trades. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's a lot of things. It's a lot of online things. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that's everything. Thank you for being on my show. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has been a lot of fun. You're welcome. Thank you all for listening. And I thank you guys for listening to Hope of All Trades. Once again, we're part of the Two True Freaks podcast. Check out some of the other shows. And I have some... I'm also having a few special guests coming up for a Once Upon a Time show, all you fun listeners, since I had such great feedback from that one. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you, Jackie, again for being on my show. You're welcome, dear. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye.
Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode. With your message read in the show's opener, it's that easy. And there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com slash league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Freaks.